episode 13. So 13, man. Lucky 13. Yeah. September. What September, is today? Well, today? Today's the 20th. Oh, it is today. Yeah, the 20th. I wasn't sure mm-hmm. if we uh, updated the doc. <laughs> I did. It you said fucking... the 18th. Yeah. Shit, it man. It was the 18th, man. I know. It was... Um, and I'm not trying to complain mm-hmm. because I need to, I need to, you know, be social and shit like that. But, um, Friday and Saturday really fucked everything up. Like I had, I did absolutely nothing. I feel it. Friday I feel and Saturday. It. Uh, Friday we, I know I got drunk both days. Oh, Friday. Yeah. We went to, uh, our buddy's thing, right? Yeah. Uh, congrats to him. You know, he got engaged. So we drank Super a lot congrats. there. Yeah, we did. Uh, Saturday, uh-huh. we went. I went to a Oktoberfest event, no and shit. Okay. and uh, all of the vendors there remembered me from last time, <laughs> and uh, I drank for free. I spent seven fucking dollars, and I was blitzed drunk, super fucked up. Control, dude. The one of the vendors who came there from Lone Pint, uh, which he may end up listening to this, really fucking cool guy. Uh, Lone Pint, really. Yeah. Yeah, he uh, he brought his van there, and he's like, oh, dude, what's up, man? I remember you from last time, blah, blah, blah. You want to fucking hang out for a little bit? So we were talking. Dude took us over to his van to start popping open beers and shit, and we're just drinking over there at his van. Uh, and then he walked us around the uh, event because everybody knows him, and he's like, yeah, let's fucking have some more beers. So it was a good <laughs> fucking time. Uh, what'd you do Saturday? That's awesome, dude. Uh, I, had a, I had a birthday party over here. Mm. So uh, my sister... Uh, I'm not gonna say her age, but uh, <laughs> she had a birthday. She had a birthday uh, <laughs> late, late this past week, mm-hmm. and we decided to come celebrate over here. So we got, so we got some good ass barbecue, hung out for like five, six hours, and then I passed the hell out, and I think I woke up sometime Sunday. Damn, I think, maybe I don't remember. Yeah, because I messaged you a couple times Sunday, and I was like, "Hey, you good?" And you're like, "I'm oh, in." <laughs> I was like, "All right, work." It was, yeah, so I got up. I got up Sunday, and I was like, "Damn, all right." So I got to make up for the past couple of days because everything, all of this stuff we're about to talk about, happened over the course of like two days towards the end of the week. Yeah, it was you know super I mean? fast. It was super oh, fast. And then trying to get all of this together, and realizing that there was just no way it was going to happen because, you know, had to had to be there for the homies, had to be there for the family. Um. And what's more important, obviously, right? Yeah, it's homies and family, for sure. I mean, th- for for us, I think this is just kind of like a, a hobby and a fun thing to do. And it allows us to explore the video game news space. Um, I did get some people uh, in person. I went and talked to them who have been listening to our podcast. Uh, and they said it's they said they really like our format. So the feedback was was good. Uh, so if you're listening today, thank you for that. Uh, it made me feel kind of nice. Um, I guess with that being said, do you want to just get right into this thing? Yeah, man. Let's go ahead and get started. We have a whole bunch of shit to talk about today. We're going to start off with a whole bunch of drama crap. Mm-hmm. L of the week. I think I'm going to start a new a new, a new, new part of the podcast. Oh, we're going to call like it L of the week. I like it. And then we're just going to blast through Nintendo Direct, Sony State of Play, and we're going to talk a whole bunch about the Tokyo Game Show. Fuck There's yeah. a lot of stuff there. There's a lot of stuff there. There's a lot of stuff that a lot of people didn't talk about. And hmm. I want to go ahead and call some of it out if possible. 
Nice. Because there was a lot of cool stuff there. Hell yeah. Well, I'm going to roll this uh, beautiful, beautiful bean footage here. God, that's how it's going to start out, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Welcome to Pixels and Pines podcast. Uh, I'm Bradley. And I'm Michael. And we're two dudes talking about video games and drinking pints. What do you got on deck, man? I am bringing back the uh, Drecker Brewing Company from Fargo, North Dakota. Mm -hmm. The What So Proudly We Pert is... uh, (laughs) This is what it's called. I love but that. I just name. wanted to show off the can. Just wanted to show off the can because I didn't get a chance to do it last time. And it's just. That's some good fucking yeah. art. Yeah. It's just red, blue, and white. Just like the just like the rocket pop it's supposed to be based off mm-hmm. of. Uh, 6.5 ABV. It's uh, what they call a rocket pop. Fruits, fruited sour. Blueberry, raspberry, cherry, pineapple, lime. Good stuff. And then afterwards, I have another sour from uh, Three Nations Brewing. Out of our state, Carrollton, Texas. It's called Tiger's Blood, Sucker Punch, something like that. It's got two names. I don't know. It's a sour <laughs> Berliner Weiss, which means it's that it's that it's that super pucker. I love that stuff. Hell yeah! Strawberry, coconut, watermelon, four point five ABV. I'm hoping it's gonna really, really accentuate the bot- the the last half of the podcast. What about you, man? Man, I I reached deep into the back of my fridge to find. Two lonely fucking beers that were back there, suffering by themselves. Uh, I broke out two Heinekens, <laughs> and if you know anything about Heineken, uh, it is a easy daily drinker. Uh, it tastes like a beer. Um, it's 142 calories. <laughs> it's five percent ABV. Um, I wanted to go light because I have to wake up early and um, go running and work out, and I have them wrapped in just to accentuate how shitty this beer is a, in a no bitchin just fishing koozie <laughs> and that bitch got a zipper on it dog <laughs> oh i got i got a i got a koozie with a zipper too dude that shit made me sweat saying that shit out loud i mean that's oh. that's texan as fuck dude it is texan as hell dude Mm. Fucking shit, dude. Well, let's get into our first uh, couple right. of L's of the week. Well, no, 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 no. I, no? I don't call this an L. Okay. I'm, I, the L's, the L's are at the bottom. Mm. We got a super L. We got a super L this week. So yeah. first time we're gonna have L of the week. We got a super L already. First things first, though. Three four three, Halo Infinite. If you've been living under a rock, people have been shitting all over this game. Yeah. All over this game, right? And things have kind of kindly kind of come to a head now. Bonnie Ross is leaving 343 Industries, right? Ross spent 15 years as the head of 343. Basically, as soon as Bungie decided to split off with Microsoft and go off and do their whole Destiny thing, Bonnie Ross was installed as the head to continue on the Halo series. Halo 4, Halo 5, Master Chief Collection, uh, Halo Infinite, been all her. The games themselves are, they were all right. All right. You know, not too bad. Um, Master Chief Collection, it started off kind of rocky for like the first month. No matchmaking. It was broken as hell. People were not happy. But, you know, eventually it became good. 
So that was all right. Halo Infinite famously got delayed a year, was supposed to launch with the Xbox Series X. They showed off footage a few months before release. People just shit all over it. And they were like, oh no, let's delay it a year. And they did. And when it got released a year later, where the fuck is the content, bro? What have you been doing this entire year? They still haven't figured it out. They're still basically content light. Damn. And it, you know, they, on top of that, they even promised local co-op, couch co-op with Halo. You know, I played local co-op yeah, in that's Halo how back it. in the day. The first, the first two games. Yeah, man. It was awesome. And then they got rid of it around uh, Halo 5. And then people shit on them for that. And they're like, we promise to never release another Halo product without couch co-op. And then they said, you know what? Fuck that. <laughs> Never mind. We're not going to do it for Halo Infinite. My bad. Fuck, dude. And it kind of it kind of sounds like everything came to a head. It's obviously we're never going to know what the real reason for. Um, Bonnie Ross did leave, leave a tweet uh, saying, while I had hoped to stay with Halo until the release of the winter update, I'm letting you know I will be leaving 343 and attending to a family medical issue. You know, condolences and all that stuff. Obviously, you know, this is just video games. Yeah. So, hope everything's all right with her. Not a big deal. You know, she got to go. She got to do her thing. I am incredibly proud to work with everyone at 343 Industries has done with Halo Infinite, the Master Chief Collection, the Halo television series, and so much more. It's been an honor to serve alongside the team for the last 15 years and be part of a universe that I love. Thank you to everyone in the Halo community for your support. Halo's future is bright. I cannot wait for all of you to experience what we have in store and to cheer alongside you as a fan at the Halo World Championship in October. So, that is her... Goodbye. As a result, and there's no telling to, there's no telling if this is just because of how overworked she was, mm -hmm. but essentially she's going to be replaced by three people. Three people. Fuck, dude. Peter Hensey is going to take over as studio head, basically what Bonnie Ross was doing. Brian Kosky is going to take over as franchise general manager. So I guess they're going to be taking over managerial. Um, duties as far as the Halo series is concerned and Elizabeth Van Wick will lead business operations crazy stuff and this is not the first really big departure she is the biggest departure but we've had David Berger the lead developer of the space a uh, slip space engine which is used for Halo Infinite he left or he, I should say he's reportedly leaving and we had a lead multiplayer designer he left uh, in March in May of this year, the head of design for Halo Infinite, Jerry Hook, also left. So you have a whole bunch of senior level people jumping shit for one reason or another. Yeah, it sounds like Halo kind Infinite of kind of burned some motherfuckers out. I I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it. And I'm not saying that it's deserved, but the product is a little shit. And this is the, I don't know, the... The internet salty era, man. And yeah. having any sort of public presence, especially being associated with this, you're going to get shit on in every single direction by Halo fans and just people who like to start shit alike. Yeah. And I'm sure it's not easy to have to deal with. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm. And on top of that, we have a whole bunch of layoffs now. Yikes. This also happened last week. 
people from Fanbyte and G4TV. So on September 14th, NBC Universal Human Resources went person to person to lay off around 15 to 20 G4TV staff. That's super personal. That is personal. That sucks too because it it felt so good to have G4TV come back, man. Even if it is a a fucking meme. (laughs) That's true. I get it. Well, on the plus side, or I don't know, it's it's tough. Um, none of the none of the people that were fired are the on air personality, and there was a there was a kind of a little bit of drama with uh, I forget what's her name Frosk Frosk or whatever her name is. Mm-hmm. Uh, she um, she kind of she kind of tweeted out a just like didn't fire me, bitch. Kind of Fuck. kind of tweet. Yeah, and. Uh, People didn't like her already, and that's just another reason for people just to pile on you. <laughs> that's a fucking big yikes. <laughs> that is a yikes. Ah, oh, shit. And we've talked about Tencent. Yeah. Tencent actually owns Fanbyte. However, on September 15th, they also decided to contact employees one by one to let them know that they were no longer employed. They got rid of the editor-in-chief, the big dog over in a, at a company like this. They are gone. And here's, here's, how, here's how wild it was. There's a senior editor who worked at Fanbyte called Imran Khan. He was actually at the Tokyo Game Show on assignment when they told him he was no longer employed. Fuck. <laughs> Enjoy your time there. Uh, when you get your so. flight back home, go ahead and pack your shit. Fucking wild. And uh, the craziest thing is, this isn't <clears throat> the first time he's been fired on assignment. He's been let go before from another company. I forgot which one it was, but this isn't the first time he's been let go on assignment. I'm telling you, man, traditional or semi-traditional media in the internet age just does not does not pay to be in. You know what I mean? Mm-mm. You got people who are way more independent and probably making way more context in the industry and more money doing stuff like what we're doing. Like we're small scale, we're small fries in the grand scheme of things. But some of these people can probably start up a podcast or some sort of media company and, you know, do their own thing. That's what you see during the, the, the comedy writer strike. So all the comedian writers, they all left. Right. And then they just started podcasts and they they were just like, you know what? I've been doing stand up casually. I'm just going to do it full time. And now they're like multi-millionaires and shit. Um, That's what's up. Yeah. So like if you're talented, I don't know, man, just walk away from some of this shit if you have the flexibility to do so. Yep. And I'm telling you, the the kind of the kind of um, media when it that comes with being kind of like I hate calling it like an influencer or something like that, but it, I think people need to to start embracing it a little bit more mm-hmm. and going in that direction because you can get just as much access if you are you know top of your game if you have good credentials from your past dealings with more traditional media it can work out yeah yeah for sure uh, the influencers that we used to work with at uh, different agencies that I've been at uh, with any appearance that they did. Uh, even small scale, like in Cincinnati, just an influencer showing up at a movie theater uh, and being there for people. I think she got paid $750, 
And then she got paid like a couple grand just to post tweets and Instagram <laughs> stories. Fucking easy money. And then, you know, they have like 10 companies giving them that type of shit. That's 10 grand a week, bitch. Yeah, man. That's nutty. I'm telling you, <laughs> if if we could get if we could get money to review, we get free game codes just yeah. to review, just to post content, man. Like that's that's basically the dream right there. Uh, yeah, you I know? agree. I agree. Super easy. Either way. So we got some we got some next. better news. This is this is actually kind of wild. It is. I don't know. I don't know if anybody was actually following um, what was going on. Well, maybe you were because, you know, 2020 was a little weird for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And we got. What was it? The uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons. Yep. They came out and just blasted through records as, you know, the number like the quickest selling game in, I think, Nintendo Switch history. Right. Yeah. I mean, people been, people have been waiting on it forever. Years. And then Splatoon 3 comes out and blows past that record. These bastards sold 3.5 million copies of Splatoon 3 in Japan by itself. We're not even talking the rest of the world. The first three games, the first three days it was released, 3.5 million copies in Japan. What is the population of Japan? Isn't it like 5 mil? (laughs) I know that's that's really underplaying. I think like Tokyo itself was like 11 mil or some shit, but... Fuck. That's a, it's a lot of copies for just a single, especially like a, a small region like Japan. You know yeah. what I mean? Holy shit, dude. Yeah. It's the fastest selling Nintendo Switch game in a three day time period. It's crazy. Some less fun news, however, is uh, kind of what we kind of thought was going to happen anyways. But Sony just came out and told us that, yo, PSVR 1 games, not going to be compatible with PSVR 2. It's not something I don't think anybody should be <clears throat> surprised about. So they talked about, and here's, and here's the thing. Sony is has always been terrible when it comes to marketing, right? If you listen to the Sony, to the official PlayStation podcast, they spouted some pure marketing bullshit about just like, oh, like, you know, these games are going to be, we need it to be the most graphically this and that. And that's why you can't play PSVR 1 games on PSVR 2. And I maybe, but let's, if we're being totally honest, the PSVR 1, the way it uses um, motion tracking and how you actually use movement in PSVR 1 is vastly different from what we're going to be using in PSVR 2. You know what I mean? Yeah. PSVR 1, you were using a camera think in some instances you were using a dual shock using the light bar yep. and it was doing all of this detection stuff we're not having any of that you know psvr2 is a completely different control scheme so it's obviously not gonna be compatible unless developer goes in and updates the psvr1 game which there are rumors that a lot of developers are super interested about psvr2 potential and are going back to their PSVR one games and providing updates, which should work on PSVR two. Now that's just still a rumor. Yeah. We don't have any confirmation. There's, there's this guy on Twitter who is super into PSVR stuff. And at this point, 
I'm not even going to cite him because, again, <laughs> this could be just all fanboy BS. Yeah, probably. And I hate, I hate just reacting to just some random dude on the internet. You know what I mean? We'll probably know more as the PSVR 2 release date comes comes closer. But for now, hold out hope that you're going to get some some updated PSVR 1 games that are going to be compatible with the PSVR 2 headset. That Unfortunately, we still don't know release date, but... That kind of... That kind of pisses me off because I, really? I just, yeah, well, because I just bought the PSVR one simply to play Zone of the Enders in VR because <laughs> I was like, well, if it never gets updated to PSVR two, then that's the only way you're going to be able to play it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I want it. I, I want it just to verify and, and validate my purchase. You should. Yeah. Don't forget. Remember, I think PSVR 1 bundles are still available for $249 and most retailers. If you're waiting for it to go on a super, super clearance discount, keep an eye on them because once they're gone, you're going to be you're gonna be getting Homeboy's PSVR from eBay, probably smoked a whole bunch of weed, probably smoked cigarettes, you know, Wore two packs a day. Wore that motherfucker on his face. Oh, you know he doesn't wash his hands. And you know yeah. you, you can watch porn <laughs> VR, so they definitely jerked off with that thing. You don't want that PSVR one. No. Nope. So get it, get it while it's still new in box. Keep an eye on it. You don't want to miss it. And after it's gone, you're gonna get you're gonna get all old cummy PSVR one from eBay. You don't want that. <laughs> you don't want that. Is that salt in the rim or is that what is that? Doesn't oh, taste like it, does it? No. Mm. Yikes. Mm. <laughs> all right, moving on. Yeah. So so this one's uh this one's on the little technical side. Yeah. We have a an exploit, an exploit for the PS4 and the PS5. It's it's known as Masticore, something like that. Um, this is from a console hacker. His name is Seaturt. He disclosed this vulnerability about a year ago to Sony already. The way it works is if you're part of their 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 program with Sony's program, if you find an exploit that's um, current to PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 consoles, you can report it to Sony and they'll actually give you money for figuring that kind of stuff out. However, after you disclose it to Sony, there's basically like a one-year cool-off period. And after that one year is up, it's understood that if they've decided not to patch the exploit, then you're free to go ahead and just discuss about how to actually, you know, do this exploit thing. That's he crazy. claims that Sony hasn't taken action. What's that? I said, that's crazy. That's crazy as fuck. Yeah. Sony apparently doesn't care, or at least he's told us that he, that they don't care. There is a caveat though. This, this exploit basically only targets the PS2 emulation that the PS4 and the PS5 use for those PS2 games. So for example, if you use the PlayStation plus premium, and you see those PS2 games on there, basically they wrap a PS2 emulator around that uh, CD image or DVD image in order to emulate that specific game on your console. So what he discovered is that there are certain PS2 games that actually have bugs that can actually crash the PS2 emulator. And once once you're able to do that, you're basically able to kind of escape the emulator itself and be able to kind of run code Oh, it doesn't really seem that there's too much to do with it right now. 
lot of the testing seems to be involving the PS4, which is already hackable. You can already install packages and whatnot. You can in, you can uh, actually inject other games into those PS2 emulators, so you can play those. Doesn't really seem to be anything useful out of it just yet, but who knows? It this is probably the kind of like the the lead up to a lot of things because this is probably going to be the entry point for some stuff, and we're probably going to need some more exploits to kind of use in order to maybe blow the PlayStation 5 security wide open. And you'll be able to install like your own homebrew apps, emulators, whatever you want. Dog, I cannot wait to play Game Boy Advance games on my PS5. I got a, I got a, I got a <laughs> PS5 inbox just ha that hasn't touched the internet, just waiting for Ooh. this thing to happen. Just waiting for this thing. All right. Next one. Next one is, this one's kind of crazy. We don't talk a lot about PC stuff, but I actually have an EVGA graphics card in my in my PC right now. And they just decided to terminate their partnership with NVIDIA, just like all of a sudden. And I didn't really want to talk about this today, but man, NVIDIA just announced their 4000 series today because it is September 20th right now. They've already talked about their NVIDIA 4000 series. We'll talk about that next week. Hell it's looking yeah. really fucking dope. It's looking real dope. But I, I was a huge fan of EVGA, and they've just decided they're not going to be making graphics cards for NVIDIA or anybody anymore. EVGA is claiming that NVIDIA has shown them some disrespect, not just for them, but basically everybody who's an add-in board partner. They've claimed things like NVIDIA holds back pricing and details about their new graphics cards until they announce it publicly. So these people have to come up with like marketing materials. They have to figure out their price points. They have to figure out their purchase order amounts, but they don't know shit until I forget what's his name gets up on stage and, and is like, yo, GTX 490, 4090, 1600 bucks. You know what I mean? They have to wait for that. They don't get any insider information. That's fucking wild. They, it is wild. NVIDIA also sets price ceilings and price floors for their GPUs. So these people can only set a minimum, like once they, if they, if NVIDIA says you can't sell this product below 700 bucks, they have to comply with it. If they also say you can't sell this above $1,000, they have to comply with it as well. So they basically dictate your, your pricing practices. Just kind of screwed on top of that they also claim they can't do things like add more ram on a gpu there isn't there were some instances where they were like the gta i think the rtx 3080 mm -hmm. had like i think maybe six gigabytes of ram or maybe eight gigabytes and people were curious like that seems a little bit low but because of the agreements that these add and board partners had with nvidia they were not allowed to add more ram to their offering they had to they had to stick to spec hmm. they also they also didn't have the ability to kind of do crazy stuff with their cards a long time ago it's been a while but there were some companies who would basically sandwich two gpus together and kind of throw them into a single card yep but nvidia has final say on it you can do all of the R, you know, R and D, and say, "Yo, 
this is going to be awesome. And NVIDIA can say, no. And you're like, well, shit. I guess I can't sell it. Fuck. Yeah. Probably the most egregious thing is NVIDIA is now on the market to sell their own cards. The way a lot of these companies work is NVIDIA designs the core, the graphics core itself. They design the schematics and then they sell that to these add-in board partners. They do um, they do all of the extra work to add in all the extra features. They order the they order the cores and whatnot from NVIDIA, and that's how they make their boards. But now NVIDIA's been starting to sell their own cards under their own branding. In the RTX 1080 series, the Founders Edition cards were actually $100 above MSRP. All right? Not too bad. So uh, a company who decides to create a graphics card at the MSRP level is beating NVIDIA's price by 100 bucks, mm-hmm. which is great. But as of as of recent, NVIDIA produces their Founders Edition cards at MSRP. And what a lot of these add-in board partners are starting to discover is that they can't meet that price because of how expensive it is. Margins for these kind of hardware components are razor thin. So when you have somebody who manufactures the cards themselves, gets the cores, they don't have to worry about purchase orders or how many they need to allocate. They can build as much as they want. They don't have to worry about the pricing. Yeah. They, they set the pricing, they can sell it, maybe they make a they make a tiny profit, but everybody else has to essentially jack up the price of their own offerings, 100, 150 bucks, to not lose their shirt off of this. And we just saw recently that GPU prices started off, you know, kind of crazy already. A GTX or RTX 3080 was like 699 yep. MSRP. And then they kind of rose up to almost like 900 bucks. Yeah. You know? And then they started to kind of crash down after the whole like Bitcoin thing kind of blew up. And now you have these people who are trying to sell a graphics card that at one point was about $2,000, and now they've been discounted down to like 1000 Yeah. So companies like EVGA are losing probably like a couple hundred bucks per graphics card that they sell at the, at the current price. It sucks. So with all that being said, EVGA decided to say, Screw this, we're out. Which is unfortunate. Which is unfortunate, because I was looking forward to buying a 4090 from them. That blows, man. EVGA makes really good shit. I, I've always either bought their uh, video cards or Gigabyte. Um, I've never yeah. bought any other brand. Uh, I, I was so upset, because I was looking forward to what they were going to put out as soon as these uh, new cards were announced by NVIDIA. I wonder if it's worth now, like even buying the remaining, you know, like any of the 3080s from, from GeForce, the EVGA GeForce RTX 3080, like, (laughs) are they just going to end of life, like support at some point? The rumor has already been that the add and board partners were super pissed about all of the extra stock because the GPU market was insane for a while. Yeah. People were paying absolutely crazy prices and now... Now the price has been pulled back way the fuck back. Yeah. I mean, like, so uh, you have a lot of companies that are just stuck with this inventory and they know that NVIDIA was about to announce these new series of cards 
and now they're left with all of this inventory that nobody wants to buy because supposedly the the 40 series is going to be two to three times faster than the 3080 series. Fuck. Yeah. It's looking really good, and we'll talk more about that. Okay. All right. So look forward to that. Let's move on to a little bit more unfortunate news. <clears throat> Advanced Wars 1 and 2. So Stephen Titl- Titlo? Totilo? Totilo, I think it is. I think he is, uh, I want to say Kotaku. From Kotaku. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Advanced Wars 1 and 2 was supposed to come out, I think, this summer. Mm-hmm. But the uh, the whole thing with Ukraine and Russia was kind of like, um, nah. We don't want that heat. Because apparently I think one of the one of the factions in the game is is essentially uh Russia. Supposed to be Russia. <laughs> and they're supposed to be invading and whatnot. So Nintendo was like, nah. And we still don't know what the hell is up with this game. They haven't said anything. People were wondering if the game was actually cancelled. But Steven over here decided to ask Nintendo directly. What's up with Advance Wars 1 and 2? Basically, they still don't have a release date. But it does sound like the game isn't going away. But we're going to have to wait for them to let us know what's going on. They're going to give us a release date at some point in time. We just still don't know. So if you've ordered the game, it's still coming out eventually. I, All right, I'm I'm kind of upset. I pre-ordered that game fucking forever ago, dude. I did too. It's still I'm still waiting on it. Still waiting on it, but we'll see. We'll see, man. It sucks. This is the L of the week. Hell yeah! This is fun. This is fun. L of the week. <laughs> you know, we're just gonna clip that. And we're gonna use it going forward. <laughs> We have a Twitter user who is called The Real Insider. The Real Insider was somebody who leaked things from time to time. And most recently, what he was known for was leaking the the names, I guess you want to call it, for uh, Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. So that's when we found out that Assassin's Creed was going to have like Assassin's Creed Code Red, Code Jade, uh, Assassin's Creed Hexy, all of the different Assassin's Creed that they announced. It was spot on, spot on. But what happened was, it seems like some dude called Dan Allen Gaming, a YouTuber, content creator, apparently somebody who gets invited to some industry events, is actually the real insider. And how do we know that? Well, this dumb son of a bitch apparently was having like a Twitter argument with somebody. And he forgot to switch his fucking account. So instead of responding as the real insider, he forgot to switch off his Dan Allen gaming Twitter account and responded to him using that. Fuck, and that dude. just became a huge mess. That dude's career right? is over, man. Yep. And after he fucked up like that, People began to look back through the history of The Real Insider and Dan Allen Gaming and started to link some things together. Hey, The Real Insider was talking about this. So was Dan Allen Gaming. You know, 
we're, we're, we're trying to correlate some stuff together. Oh, and he tried to deny it. He tried to deny it, but then he just couldn't anymore. So he does what every social media user does. He posted a screen cap of a notes application or something talking about how sorry he was. He's so disappointed in himself. He promises to never do this again. So he did all of this for like fucking internet clout. Got busted. He, he got and, busted. And now like he's done. He's done. They're never going to invite him back to these events. Never. He was he was apparently doing a Red Dead Redemption 2 playthrough, I think with one of the voice actors. So this dude 200 200k subscribers or something like that actually had some legit content. And I have a feeling this is never going to happen again. But we all look forward to him following the social media playbook. And I'm sure there's going to be a YouTube video where he's going to cry and <laughs> tell everybody about how I sorry can, he is. I can't fucking wait. <laughs> <laughs> can you just imagine? He's going to be there just like, all right, guys. Pulling a Trisha Paytas on us, dude. <laughs> we have to talk about something. Something I'm not proud of. Can't wait. <clears throat> oh, God damn it, dude. Here's he's the he's the he's the real L of the week. Here's another L of the week. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I want to call it an L. I don't want to really. I can't really. Let's just get to it. All right. GTA six alpha footage leaked. Holy shit. Oh, my God. I was up like 20 minutes when that when that forum post went up because people were freaking out. Nobody had any idea what was going on. So, on GTA Forum, a user called Teapot Uber Hacker, who apparently this dude also got uh, Uber information, he posted 90 video clips, source code screenshots, all claiming to be from GTA 6 development, right? People were rightfully like, nah, nah, whatever, man. This ain't shit. But if you looked at the video clips, it it was legit like debug information, like just like a developer would use to, you know, check to see how NPCs were reacting, AI scripting and things like that. It was legit. In fact, there were some people pointing out that Rockstar showed off some in development footage of previous Rockstar games and the debug information looked exactly the same. Ooh. So there is really no question whether or not this is actually real Grand Theft Auto 6 footage. In fact, a lot of the stuff that we know about was from uh, Jason Schreier. There was a lot of hubbub about Rockstar going PC, not punching down with their, with their jokes, and how they're diverse and shit, you know? And they even admitted to Jason Schreier in this article that they were going to have a female protagonist with a Bonnie and Clyde relationship. And in the de development footage, we find out that the female protagonist is Lucia, a Latina, as they described in the article. That lines up. He also, she also has a partner named Jason, the whole Bonnie and Clyde thing. So that, that definitely lined up. And there's tons of shit about Vice City. In GTA 6 and those debug videos. 
So everything is just, there's just no denying it. And in fact, yesterday on September 19th, Rockstar Games had to come out and say, yeah, we had a security breach and everything's real. And it got so bad that Take-Two Interactive, the people who own Rockstar Games, they had to file an SEC disclosure form to their investors to tell them, hey guys, we just had a massive security breach. Some assets were leaked out publicly and we're letting you know right now that this is not gonna cause any issues for the GTA 6 product or the company. Everything is gonna be going as planned for development. This is how serious it was. Damn, dude. It was crazy. I even debated with myself whether or not to show this screenshot because Take-Two Interactive are litigious sons of bitches. They will DMCA a fucking napkin if they think it's going to harm GTA 6. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It was insane. By the way, the footage does look good. Does it? I really enjoyed it. I'll send you the videos. I still have a copy of the videos. Hell yeah. I. You know what? I've never played Grand Theft Auto 5. Um, I've always wanted to play it. And right now, uh, because of all this fucking hype, I was like, maybe I will fucking play Grand Theft Auto 5. And it's on sale on Steam for under $15. Oh, man. You have missed out on some great opportunities. I got it for free from the Epic Game Store. They were giving it away. At some oh, point. yeah. I remember that. But I was like, I don't want to download Epic Games. Launcher. Oh, I, you're missing out, dude. Yeah. Mm. Fuck. All right. Or if you don't want to play it on PC, I think you can. Well, I don't think you can do it. I think it's like GTA five for like PS five is like 20 bucks. No, no, I'll play it on PC because like it's, uh, I can play it on the steam deck. Man, you love that thing. Don't you? I do. I love, I love handheld gaming. Uh, mostly just because I can like lay in the bed and play for like five or 10 minutes and then go, ah, fuck. I'm way sleepier than I thought I was and pass out. Drop it on my face. Quick, quick question. Uh huh. Is the fan as loud as they say it is? Uh, it's kind of loud. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's much louder That's... than the switch by, by, <laughs> by like 10 to 15 decibels. Like it's, you know, and All it's right. hot. It blows hot air like a motherfucker. Really selling it, by yeah. the way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, time to go on to the big stuff. We have a lot of stuff to go through. Nintendo Direct September 2022. This is uh this is the direct that everybody was looking forward to. And uh a lot of things that we thought were gonna be there were that weren't. But we did get some good stuff. Like yeah. Fire Emblem Endure. That's what they let off the direct with. It's looking really good, man. Yeah. Really good. It seems like it's a return to form for Fire Emblem. Looks like they're getting away from maybe like the three houses kind of thing that they've been they've been doing as of late. Sounds like it's going to be, well, I don't know. We don't know much about it, but I'm hoping it's going to be hardcore like some of the other Fire Emblem games where you just have no clue if your hero is going to just kick the bucket. Yeah. I do hope that you they bring I mean? back the uh, casual mode for people who just want to like play through the story and then leave normal, you know, hardcore mode in there. Um and they're bringing back all of the old characters. You get to summon them back yes. with those rings yes. and shit. So that's sick as fuck. So like all of your yes. favorites from old 
Fire Emblem games will be here, at least for, you know, the battles. The only thing that, that really bothers me about the footage is that it looks like there's some cutscenes, and it looks super clean. Yeah, it, it does. It looks super clean. Like, the lines are so, so sharp. And then you can tell, like, in some in-game footage where the lines kind of break up a little bit, and it's not quite as, as smooth as it should be. I'm hoping this is somewhat in-game because it looks beautiful. It looks absolutely beautiful, and I'm looking forward to it so much. Yeah. Both you and I have uh, pre-ordered the collector's edition, right? That's right. As part of this direct, they announced a Divine Edition for Fire Emblem Engage. Divine Edition includes a collector's box, the game, a steelbook, art cards, and a hardcover art book. I think the hardcover art book is U.S. exclusive. Japan and Europe, from what I've seen, they're all soft cover. So God, if that's, that's your, if that's yeah, if that's your thing, if you prefer hardcover versus soft cover, I think the U.S. is the only version that's going to get it. But you know, whatever, whatever your preference is, Amazon Japan currently has it up for pre-order. If you're from the U.S., ninety dollars shipped after the end conversion. It's actually kind of cheap. Um, in the U.K., it seems like it's already sold out. Sorry for any U.K. listeners. You might have to wait for like game to uh, to put something up. I don't know if they will. Nintendo on the on the U.S. storefront doesn't seem to have listed it yet. I did see a, a placeholder for the Divine Edition physical, but I don't think it's gone live yet. Uh, GameStop in the U.S. also did some pre-orders in store, and I do believe online they are available right now. Same thing for Best Buy. You can order through Best Buy. And at least as the time of this recording, it seems to be still up. So it doesn't look like this is going to be super limited. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's sold so, out completely at Target, by the way. Oh, has it? Yeah. I forgot about Target. Yeah. Target yeah. went up, I think, this morning. Yeah, that's where I got my pre-order. And it's gone. Don't don't sleep, fellas. You're mm-hmm. going to... They, they're... Fire Emblem always has some great special editions. Yeah, it does. Just get it. All right, next up on the direct, we have Fatal Frame Mask of the Lunar Eclipse. This is, what can I say, man? Girls in made outfits with scary shit, dude. Mm -hmm. Like, what more can you ask for? This is from Koei Tecmo. And, well, at least I should say originally, this is from Koei Tecmo. And was also helped, um, development was also helped by Grasshopper Manufacture. So the the No More Heroes dudes, they actually developed this game originally. And I say originally because this is actually a 2008 Wii game that was only released in Japan. Apparently they thought that it wouldn't it wouldn't sell well in the U.S. for some reason. So now is your chance to actually get it in English on an official release. They have the uh, previous version, the other Fatal Frame game, on the Switch eShop on sale right now, too. Yeah. Uh, what was that? The Water of the something on it? Made in some- the Water? Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So go ahead and grab it. Uh, all kinds of like spooky shit. It's it's super in right now. So we're going to get all of this stuff, man. We're going to get all yeah. of this stuff. And it's not just for the Switch. It's coming out for all current and previous gen consoles. So if the Switch isn't your thing, grab the PS5 version, man. Early 2023, that's when you're going to be able to pick it up. Nothing like getting spooky then- around fucking Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of stuff releasing in Valentine's Day. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll point it out when we see it. But February 2023, 
if you have a significant other, well, they're gonna be they're gonna be schlicking it, they're gonna be tugging it by themselves because we have a whole bunch of games that we're gonna play instead. Hell yeah. So next up in the direct we had a Xenoblade Chronicles 3, their new expansion pass, Wave 2. I wanna say that the first expansion pass or their wave one was basically just like uh, I think maybe some outfits and some items and stuff like that. Nothing really significant. This is this is a significant um, expansion pass because we're actually getting a new hero for Xenoblade Chronicles 3. This new hero is going to be called Inu. And uh, we don't know too much about this person. It does seem that uh, they are mechanical in nature. You see her consuming an ether, um, an ether what thing. So she either needs to be activated using ether, or maybe she has an ether-consuming mechanic. We don't know that. Eno is listed as an Aponic Champion Defender class. So she will be part of the Defender class to, to add to your roster. I there I see a an Eno, Eno swap menu item. Not really too sure what that means. Probably have to wait until it gets released. And uh, also as part of this wave two, you're also getting challenge battles, which means you're gonna be able to earn rewards by defeating consecutive waves of tough enemies. And if you kind of compete at the top end of those challenge battles, you're gonna be able to get uh, unique equipable resources or accessories and swimsuit outfits. So we know who you are. Yeah, and that's what you're going to be going for it's first. Me. They did give us a little bit about Wave Three, so they kind of they kind of tickled your pickle over here with Wave Two with the new with the new character. Wave Three will also introduce a new character, and we'll get more challenge battle rules, as they say. Wave Two releases October thirteenth, twenty twenty two. Get on it if you haven't. Xenoblade Chronicles Three is amazing. Next up, we have Tunic. If you haven't heard of Tunic, this is that game from solo developer Andrew Schuldice. One dude made this game. It is an action-adventure game, kind of like Legend of Zelda. Supposedly has some Dark Souls mechanics, so it's a little, little tough. Originally, it was released on PC and Xbox in March of 2022. Seems like the exclusivity period has ended, and now it's going to be releasing basically everywhere. The Switch, PS5, PS4, September 27th, 2022, about a week from now. Nice. I would say, if you're in, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, if you're interested in physical versions, uh, all I was going to say is that PlayAsia does seem to have some listings for uh, the Asian and Japan uh, Japanese versions of the PS4 and PS5 copies up there. I don't think they've been um, activated to, to pre-order or anything like that, but apparently they're supposed to be there. Hmm. And what were you saying? I was just going to say, if you buy it on the Switch, just be prepared for frame rate drops it's already been reported in uh some of the switch exclusive footage uh you can see it drop down like as, as low as like 20 to 24 frames uh and some of the textures are much lower um and that's to be expected in a handheld console that's five years old so just be ready for that and it's and it's still kind of disappointing too it is yeah and we'll that that is going to kind of be a theme on some of these uh switch things that we'll talk about unfortunately but next up good news october uh octopath traveler 2 was announced right from square enix we get eight new travelers to journey with right 
a warrior, dancer, merchant, scholar, thief, cleric, hunter, and apothecary. The cool thing is, is that now your path actions are introduced by the day and night cycle. So depending on when you actually talk to some of these, some of these NPCs, your choice is different depending on the day and night. That's kind of cool. That is super cool. And also, it, it also appears like now they're going to have intertwining stories. So no longer are you going to be journeying, just experiencing their story. And then these bastards just kind of show up all at once. They're like, yo, what's up? Let's go on a journey together and finish the game. So that is coming out February 24th. February is going to be a crazy, a crazy month in 2023. And after that, Theater Rhythm, Final Bar. Not my shit, but apparently it's yours. It is my shit. Theater Rhythm is from Square Enix. Rhythm action game. 385 songs just on the cart. That's a lot of damn songs. It is. You're going to have two-player local co-op, four-player online co-op. That's crazy. And some of that co-op is battle co-op. So, like, the couch co-op is... Uh, you you play together. The online co-op is versus mode. Really? Yeah. At least that's what I gathered. I could be wrong. Well, February sixteenth, not too far after Valentine's Day. Twenty twenty three is when it's coming out. They've they've already talked about their DLC, right? So they've already wet your whistle saying that the paid DLC is going to be coming from the Saga series. The Near series, the original Octopath Traveler, Live Alive, that's all going to be there ready for you to spend more money on. In fact, they're already selling a digital deluxe edition, which is containing 442 songs. I almost didn't believe what came out of my mouth. 442 songs, that's a lot. There are 27 additional special songs, and the digital deluxe edition includes Season Pass 1 as part of your purchase price. The premium digital deluxe edition... 502 songs with 27 additional special songs includes all of the DLC season pass for, for so reference, your poison. for reference mm-hmm. here, uh, uh, an average song length is about four minutes. So that 502 songs is 2008 minutes of square Enix fucking music. That's right there. That's fucking I mean, wild. 2000 minutes. I can't even imagine. What is that in like, how many minutes are there in a day? <laughs> I don't know. I pull that out my calculator. <laughs> uh, 24 hours, right? Times 60 is 1,440. Okay, cool. So that's like two days worth. Made you do math. Yeah, thanks for that. It's about two days worth. That's kind of crazy. Oof. So you could beat this game well, in two days. <laughs> <laughs> What a fucking ripoff. <laughs> uh, wait for a sale. Uh, it's I kid, it's never going to go on sale. No, it's not. And uh, next up we have Mario and Rabbids. We've seen a whole bunch of this game. There's really not much to talk about as far as Mario and Rabbids is concerned. I believe this was similar to what we saw back in, I think it was Gamescom or something mm-hmm. like that. And essentially we are being introduced with the Sparks who are going to give... Uh, Mario and his pals additional additional powers additional um, upgrades to their stats on the course of your journey here and in this in this trailer that um, we're showing 
it's basically going over the kind of exploration aspects of Sparks of Hope. The original game was kind of linear. It kind of felt like you were traveling on the plate, the battlefield, you know, you know what I mean? This actually feels like it's it's an actual world that you're traversing, that you have a lot of these unique spaces that you're visiting. There are spaces that are not meant for battle that you're exploring, interacting with other characters in kind of like almost like a full-fledged kind of like open worldish type game. And that seems pretty cool. And just given just the 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 speed that uh, and the movement tech that is available in this game kind of fits along with it. It's not very rigid and structured how the uh, original game was. And I'm really looking forward to it. I can't wait. I'm I'm getting more excited the more I see it. Same. All right. Next we have Nintendo 64 Online. New games. That wasn't it. Nope. Nope. No one saw that. <laughs> Either way, the Nintendo 64 games announced. So Nintendo finally told us about what we're getting in 2022 for the rest of 2022. They haven't given us any dates for this for whatever reason. But essentially, Pilot Wing 64, Mario Party 1, and Mario Party 2, for mm-hmm. some reason, are going to be part of 2022. So if you had a if you had a favorite Mario Party get ready for a whole bunch of them 2023 they're they're talking about mario party 3 three three nintendo 64 mario parties i'm not too sure if there's a good reason to have so many of these in the nintendo 64 online service they must be really reaching the bottom of the barrel for games at this point you know what i mean i wonder if but, if uh they're they're gonna have the online capability like they're gonna do with golden eyes so you'll be able to play online with your friends uh, for Mario Party 1, 2, and 3. If, if that's the Actually, case, that's sick as fuck. That would be sick. We'll have to, we'll definitely have to check that out. Yeah. 2023, so Mario Party 3, Pokemon Stadium 1, and Pokemon Stadium 2. Nintendo did add a disclaimer for for those who are wondering. You cannot, tra- you cannot, Pokemon cannot be transferred into Pokemon Stadium 1 and 2 if you were curious if it was going to have that functionality in the Nintendo 64 online service. Not there. 1080 snowboarding, Excite by 64. Remember, Nintendo Online plus the expansion pack is required if you want to play these games. And of course, they ended it the one more kind of segment for the Nintendo 64 online online games. GoldenEye. Coming with online play. If you're an Xbox user... You also will get GoldenEye, but you cannot play online because whatever. I think N- Nintendo probably was like, nah. You know, Microsoft owns Rare. Rare developed GoldenEye. And they were like, can we release GoldenEye? They are like, yeah. Can we have online multiplayer? They are like, nah. They want it. They're going to have to spend their money to get the Nintendo online service and the expansion pass. It just that's the way it's going to roll. Yeah, it just does not feel worth it to me to play GoldenEye without someone on the couch next to you to just get pissed at. True. So maybe, maybe Xbox actually got the W here. Maybe. Maybe. We, we, we used to know. play it uh, in college. We used to play drinking GoldenEye. So like anytime you died, you took like, a big ass swig of your beer. So we would all get like these, Ooh. these big ass, uh, 
still reserves, uh, the big boy cans. We just have like them all lined up. And every time yours fucking finished, you cracked open another one. You just kept going. Well, by the end of the night, we'd have like four or five games. And it was when you died. And, you know, because you you die often in a versus <laughs> match because they're like 10 minutes long. Well, you, you 10 minutes in, you're like two beers out. Like, it was wild. I can't wait to do it again. Oh, my God. That's amazing. I think we just found our next party game. Yeah, I think Unfortunately, so. we don't know when it's coming out. <gasps> they just said coming soon. Yeah. Maybe it's maybe it's Come Valentine's Day. Maybe maybe it's Valentine's <laughs> Day. Show us some Maybe love. it's going to be Valentine's Day. Yeah. Next up, more. More stuff with Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. When will this end? Please end me. I just want Mario Kart 9. I don't need this shit anymore. But if you're... If you're a Mario Kart 8 stan, they showed off two courses of the expected eight. They're going to be dropping in wave three. Merry Mountain Mario Kart Tour track. Hmm. Peach Gardens from the Mario Kart DS series. Dropping this holiday. No real specifications. I guess closer to December. You have the option of purchasing all this stuff separately. If you want to, you'll get, I think, another wave before they, they run out. Or you can just get the Nintendo Switch Online and Expansion Pass and just get it as part of the subscription service. Hmm. Excuse me. So either way, coming. I'm not. It's whatever. I I think you should get into it. Cinemark right now is doing a online gamer thing, uh, like a tournament with uh, Mission Control. Um, And so Mission Control is like a just fucking gamer group thing. Uh, But they host tournaments online. And so Cinemark has one and you can sign up to play Mario Kart 8 online against anyone. And if you win, you get like a bunch of gift cards and a bunch of prizes and shit. So I signed up. I'm going to lose hard, uh, but it is what it is. I just wanted to. I can't wait to just just destroy these little kids. Do it. I want to destroy these little kids. Grown ass man making I'll, little kids cry. I'll send you the link. It. Hell yeah. This next one that we're going to talk about, I'm actually a little shocked. It actually sounds fun, although I hate the fucking base game. Nintendo Switch Sports is getting a golf update. It's kind of cool, you know? Uh, Apparently, it's going to include 21 holes from the Wii Sports series. That's not too bad. Eight-player online. That's cool as hell. Mm -hmm. They're going to have a survival golf mode, which is going to hit everybody against each other we're going to be playing on the same hole at the same time that sounds kind of dope it's supposed to be some sort of elimination kind of thing based on the amount of strokes um unfortunately it, it was supposed to come out this fall but they've pushed it back to the holiday period so you'll get your mario kart 8 wave 3 fix and your nintendo switch sports fix around the same time hell yeah And uh, the next thing we're going to talk about is Pikmin 4. They finally acknowledged that it's a thing that's going to happen at some point. They haven't really... It looks good, I should say. It looks really good. The only thing they told us is that there's going to be a new, I guess, perspective where you're going to... Like the camera that you're going to be viewing out of is going to be closer to the ground, kind of like Pikmin level whenever you're playing the game. That's all they've told us about it. I don't know why they keep doing this kind of shit. But <laughs> here's a gameplay trailer. There's, a, there's nothing to tell you. Yeah, it's it's a it's a single shot. 
And then it's like, come in 2023. Woo! I guess. You know? Like, way to hype us up, Shigeru Miyamoto. You bitch. <laughs> so next up, Harvestella. This is the second trailer for the game. It's a life sim RPG from Square Enix. This has a demo that you can play right now. So the save game data that from the demo will transfer over to the full version. Uh, if you decide to do that, the game is releasing on November 4th. And uh, I will say that I did play the demo. It's okay. Fuck. It's okay. Um, unfortunately, the, uh, the character movement's kind of stiff. There doesn't seem to be voice acting. Like they they let me choose the um, the the language of the voice, and mm -hmm. I think I might have heard heard it once through the entire time I played through the game. It by the time I finished the demo, I was I was kind of struggling all the way up until I got to the end. By the time I got to the end of the demo, I actually started to get a little hype, but man, they they really shut the door like immediately after that like hey this game is starting to get good and then it's just like thank you for playing the demo you know purchase it on november 14th or november 4th right when i was really getting into it so right now i kind of have a, just like kind of a meh attitude towards it at the moment damn unfortunately yeah concept is is all right but uh execution especially from square enix man it's kind of hoping they would they would have done a little bit better on that because they're so good at this I don't yeah. know how it just seemed like they phoned this in. So it's kind of unfortunate. What's not unfortunate, though, is Bayonetta 3. Every time they keep showing this game, it looks better and fucking better, man. Yep. This update was basically to let us know that, hey, we're going to get some some of the old crew together, boys. Fucking Luca and John from the prior ben Bayonetta games, they're in here. They're going to be part of the story. It's going to be nice. It's going to be crazy. They talk about, I think... Uh, we're fighting uh, some, they call them humunculi or something like that. Homunculus, yeah. Homunculi, homunculus, they are invading the earth and we have to save earth. It looks so damn good. I cannot wait, cannot wait for this game. So based on the description, it sounds like there are a combination of angels and demons that were created by humans. Sweet ass humans, man. Fuck it. We always screw things up. We do, we do. Hmm. Next up, we have Master Detective Archives Rain Code. So this is actually from the creators of, uh, what is it, Danganronpa? Mm -hmm. However you say that. It's actually kind of cool. You know, you're investigating unsolved cases as a trainee detective. That's, that's pretty dope. Investigating crime scenes, gathering clues and evidence and whatnot. The, the crazy thing is, I guess, uh, the way that you solve the case after you gather this stuff is that um you use these shinigami and what they do is they open up this realm thing right and once you get into this realm there's kind of like these these events there's these actions things that you can perform that basically lead you to the end where it basically opens up the truth about what happens in this unsolved case. So the better that, the better that you do in this Shinigami realm, the closer to the truth that you actually get at the end of everything. It looks looks pretty compelling. I love that kind of stuff. I love kind of like the detective investigation type thing. 
it does kind of look like it's quick time of finish uh, in this uh, Shinigami realm, which I, I don't know if I feel uh, too good about that. I'm hoping it's a little bit more action-oriented, kind of substantial, but we'll see. It's coming to the Switch in 2023. They said it's releasing first on Switch, which implies that this game is also going to come out on other platforms, but they haven't really given us any details. Hmm. So as you were saying about Tunic having kind of performance issues, if you're kind of worried about this game having performance issues, because it actually looks really nice, like very stylistic. If you're kind of worried that it's not going to be able to handle it, you might want to wait till after spring 2023. Could be fall holiday 2023 where we'll see other other console ports that being said uh, that being said oh are you going to talk about the pre-order oh no you go for it go for it because if you haven't pre-ordered it on the switch you might be missing out you get a fucking badass uh art book uh, which has commentary from the designers you get a really sick ass full art still book a six and a half inch tall plushie uh, a soundtrack, you know, the regular physical game, and it all comes in a really sick ass looking uh, silvery gray looking box with a uh, purple artwork on the front. Uh, right now, it's going for hundred and nine dollars on Amazon. Man, yeah, I, I don't know. Like we're we got to be like on some kind of wavelength or mm-hmm. something like this because that's exactly what I was about to talk about. Hell, <laughs> yeah! Don't miss that fucking that. That collector's mission. It's sick as fuck. I already pre-ordered. <laughs> Same. <laughs> pre-ordered. I was like, I'm not fucking up this, man. This this uh this game looks fucking good. You know what else looks fucking good? Crisis Core. You goddamn holy right. shit. Holy shit. God damn. Every time they keep showing this. And the crazy thing is, is when I played the original VSP game, mm-hmm. the the cinematics looked really good. And it's it's crazy how close it seems that they got to the cinematics. You can tell, you can tell in the remake when they go to the cinematics, everything looks nice and smooth and whatnot, but the quality of the character models and the enemy models, uh, just in gameplay looks really good. It's really fucking good. Okay. This is going to sound terrible while I put this out of my little, my little koozie. All right. Um, but yeah, it's looking, it's looking great. Now, obviously, this is Nintendo advertising this because um, I think this was the release date trailer. Yeah, uh, this is coming out December thirteenth. If you're if you're curious about Crisis Core, uh, trying to find out a little bit about the the story of Final Fantasy VII before Cloud shows up on the on the bombing run in Midgar, definitely check this out. You get a little bit of the backstory with uh, with Zach and everything that happened with him and um, Sephiroth. Really cool stuff. You, I'm still iffy on the combat and everything else that preceded all that. That being said, it's still a fun experience, and especially as it look as good as it looks now, it's it's going to be amazing. I can't wait. Same. Can't wait. I would just say for people out there who uh, are only fans of the Final Fantasy VII remake, excuse me, and maybe not the regular Final Fantasy VII games, or maybe they're not a fan of. Um, turn-based JRPGs nowadays, um, just be aware uh, or beware uh, that this game does not have the crazy action that you get in Final Fantasy VII Remake, but it is the predecessor to what influenced that uh, game's uh, combat style. 
there's a lot of RNG in the combat style here uh, with the summons and all this other shit. You have like this uh, roulette mechanic. You have no influence over it. Mostly it's like the better you play, sometimes the better the summon you may get. Um, but it is, I don't know. I think it's a fun game. It's it's not that challenging it's a fun game. to be fair. Yeah. And, and they might call this a remake, but from, from everything that I've heard so far, it is very faithful to the PSP version. So Hell yeah. if you were hoping, if you were hoping that they were going to flesh some of this stuff out, one of my gripes with the original game was that it seems like some of the places that you went to were very short lived. I kind of wanted to sit there and kind of get lost into some of these areas that we visited. And I remember thinking to myself like, Oh, well I'll just come back and explore this later. Let me just go proceed the story and then find out like, all right, guys, back up. We're leaving. I'm like, no, I got like, there's so much stuff. I, I needed to talk to the kid so I can find the person so I could get the thing. Yeah. And now I can't go back to it anymore. You know, like you're done. Yeah, it is. That's super the only linear. thing that kind of sucks. Very linear. Yep. If you're, if you're crazy about still books like me right now, if you pre-order this game from Best Buy, PS5, PS4, I think the switch pre-orders with Best Buy will come with a steel book hmm. as part of like a free a free incentive to, to purchase it from them. And the, the game itself, I think, is like 49, 49, 40, 40, 50 bucks, something like that. So it's not full price. You know, it, it it's it's they're charging for basically what it's worth as a a really nice looking PSP port of the game or a remake of the PSP port. And you also get um, the, the current pre-order bonus is some extra materia that wasn't in the game in the beginning. So like oh, dark yeah. blizzard, dark thunder and dark fire. It doesn't say anything else about those, but it's the, they're calling it the soldier materia set. So. Huh? Not really a fan of this tiger punch or whatever the fuck it was. Damn. I was expecting to Berliner Weiss with very nice, like strong sour taste. This is flat. Ugh. Ugh. rough. Ugh. well, actually, you know what else is rough? Radiant silver gun. They had some shit happen. I am not a shoot 'em up person, but apparently Treasure was renowned for this kind of stuff. Yep. In fact, if you try to buy the Saturn version, I think the Saturn version of this game is like 300, 400 bucks right now, boys. It is very expensive. But uh, a company called Livewire Incorporated is actually porting this game to the Switch. It is out now, technically. It was supposed to be shadow dropped uh, after the the Nintendo Direct when it when it originally aired but apparently the game was delisted from the north american eShop like almost like about a couple of hours after it went live on the eShop they had to pull it back right <laughs> so livewire incorporated took about a day or two to respond back saying oh yeah for whatever reason the uh the rating of the game changed so they had to resubmit the rating to the ratings board in order to get this game relist on the eShop. I don't know if it currently is on the eShop. They speculated that the game would go live again on September 20th, which is, is today, today yeah. as of this recording. So you may be able to find it on the eShop. If not, they got some explaining to do because that's kind of how do you fuck this up? Really? Yeah. Come on, yeah. guys. You had one job. You had one job to put it on the eShop and you screwed it up. This is a it's a pretty solid fucking game too. Um, it this is the spiritual successor to Ikaruga, which is another shoot 'em up game uh, made by Treasure. 
which is also on the Nite- Nintendo eShop. Uh, the difference between um, Ikaruga and Radiant Silver Gun is Ikaruga has a dark and light mode for your your vehicle, your your spaceship. So you turn black and you can absorb black orbs. You turn white, you absorb mm, white okay. orbs. And then when whenever whatever color you are, you do double damage to the opposite color. So pretty cool shit. Um, if you're a fan of Ikaruga, I would definitely get this. They're they're very similar, and I think uh, Radiant Silver Gun in the remaster that's being released has a uh, Ikaruga mode. So really, okay, yeah. It also looks a little complex because you have like four or five weapons and stuff like that, and you have to kind of switch between them. So yeah, uh, I, I I really I I used to love shoot 'em ups back in like the early '90s when. That was really what an arcade game was. Yeah. Ah, maybe I need to check it out. There, the, maybe I need to check it out. These are so Radiant Silver Gun and Ikaruga are uh, the Dark Souls of <laughs> shoot 'em ups. These are brutal, <laughs> brutal. I've never beat either of them. Uh, I think Ikaruga, I get to like stage three, and I'm just like, fuck this game. Um, <laughs> so, oh god, I can't imagine. I can't imagine all of the of the expletives I'm going to make up trying to play a game like this. Yeah. I don't got the voice for it anymore, man. <laughs> All right. So next up we have Endless Dungeon. Oog Light space game from Sega. Complete quest to unlock heroes, weapons, and station areas and more. Three-player online co-op is also available. It It's moody as fuck and I enjoy it and I really like, I really like, I really love roguelites. I'm, I'm a sucker for roguelites. So I might try this out. Unfortunately, it's only, it's not, we don't know when it's going to be released because they say sometime in 2023. So we could be waiting a while. But hopefully they don't make us wait this long because I would love to try it out. Some unfortunate news coming up next with Tales of Symphonia Remastered. Good news if you wanted to play it on modern platforms, but we have a little bit of bad news coming out. This is an action RPG from Bandai Namco. This was originally released in 2003. It's an old RPG game, man, uh, on the GameCube. It's supposed to be releasing early 2023 for the Switch, PS4, and the Xbox. Unfortunately, what we found out, and I think was confirmed by the developers at some point during uh, TGS, is that the game is going to be running at 30 frames per second, for whatever reason. Well, they, they say why. The game originally released on the GameCube at 60 frames per second. So apparently what's happening is that the PS2 port was created shortly after the GameCube version came out and they added extra stuff to the PS2 game. But the PS2 game was at 30 frames per second. And so all the remasters are apparently using the PS2 port as the base for this remaster project. So you're going to get all the extra stuff, but you're stuck with the 30 frames per second. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to say that it's already available on Steam. And the people who have tried to force 60 frames per second on the Steam version have been unfortunately unsuccessful. It really screws with the game physics and the game logic if you try to force it at 60 frames. So it doesn't look like it's going to happen unless the devs go in and properly support 60 frames. Damn. But Bandai Namco is giving you a steelbook if you purchase it from their online store. 
They're only going to charge you $13 for shipping, you bastards. Fuck you, Bandai. I can't believe I spent that much. <laughs> I think this is their third remaster of this game, uh, by the way. Is it? Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, we have a remaster of a remaster coming up later on uh, in our in our showcase. Uh, but next up, we're having Kirby's Return to Dreamland. This actually looks really nice. Mm-hmm. Kirby from How Laboratories. It's a remake of the 2011 Wii game. We're actually getting a kind of like a 3D side-scrolling Kirby game. It's cool. Four-player local co-op. A uh, whole bunch of like sub-games that are going to be part of it. Looks like it's going to be a fun fun party game or just, just kind of like how they had... Um, which one was it with the... Uh, was Mario. it Super Mario Brothers U? Wii U, yeah. The Wii U one. Yeah. Where basically you had like four characters and you could like screw with each other as you as you went through the game. Looks like it's going to be kind of more of that stuff just with a Kirby. The cute Kirby aesthetic. Looks really nice. Not going to lie. Not until February 24th, 2023. So get your... Clear your calendars in February, everybody. Because... There's going to be a whole ton of games releasing in that month. You're not going to have time to play any of them. Yeah, I I think, unfortunately, though, a lot of our fans are single. uh, So they probably have a clear calendar right now in February. Well, now you don't have to worry about what you're going to be doing that day. Yeah. Time to be sad, fellas. Be happy. Be happy because you have a whole bunch of games. And you know what? You don't need those 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 cootie filled girls. Yeah, dude. Uh, Lonely Boys <laughs> Rejoice for February because we are fucking with some games. <laughs> Fuck. whole bunch of woo about the next thing we're yeah. talking about. Breath of the Wild 2. We finally got a name, man. And it's not Breath of the Wild 2. All right. Nintendo showed off a trailer as kind of like their, their last thing for, for the uh, Nintendo Direct. And we finally got the official name. The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. And that's basically all you got. Nintendo really didn't say shit about anything else. Nothing. We know that Link flies through the sky, apparently. You know, you got you got kind of Skyward Sword uh, levels of just shit everywhere. Stuff is floating. Apparently there's going to be some time... Uh, manipulation mechanics maybe you're going to be playing as uh, fucking Zelda or maybe you just have long ass hair who knows you're going to be like teleporting through crap I have no idea they're not telling us jack shit about this game which is good or bad I yeah I was going to say I'm I'm on the fence of show me a little bit of stuff get me hyped but don't tell me shit dude I hate the the way the industry moves with telling us everything inside of a fucking movie trailer and a video game trailer. Let there be some fucking mystery to this game because Breath of the Wild 1, I knew nothing about. And I just rolled into it and I was like, this is the most beautiful fucking blind video game experience I've had in probably my lifetime. And I'm looking very forward to the same experience here. We'll say that the when, when Breath of the Wild did so well, is the first the first five minutes after you wake up and just the just the way that the camera like kind of pulls back and yeah. you get to see just everything and just the vast openness mm-hmm. and that was just the fucking plateau yeah that was just the plateau area you know you didn't realize like how deep it really went and once you got the glider and you actually left the plateau 
It was insane. It was insane. And you know what? I was talking a whole bunch of shit, but I agree. I agree. I almost didn't want to know this shit either. Yeah. You know what I mean? The fact that you're going to be floating in the sky and doing all this stuff, some of the mechanics, I don't really give a fuck. I just want to buy the game when it comes out, pop it in, and I want to discover this all for myself. Agreed. It's going to be so much, so much fun. All right. So that really concludes the direct. Um, There was a whole bunch of other stuff that was also revealed here. A whole bunch of game collections and uh, the remaster of the remaster. Romancing Saga Minstrel Song, right? That's a, it's a JRPG from Square Enix. It was a 3D remaster of a Super Famicom game. And now they're remastering the 3D remaster. So, exhibit type shit. Um, and a whole bunch of other crap. A whole, like Sifu, uh, the uh, the roguelike uh, action beat-em-up. Apparently that that seems to be performing like shit on the Switch. You probably want to avoid that. You know what I mean? It's it's kind of garbage. Uh, Atelier Riza 3. If you're if you're all about um, Gust and what they do, they're gonna have another RPG for you February fourth, twenty twenty three. Um, and then a whole bunch of like fucking farm games, which is really not fun to talk about. I don't like farming all that much. You know what I mean? Harvestella, the farming stuff was boring. The action was a little bit of fun. And um, that's about as far as I got into it. And I don't know if I'm going to go any further than that, unfortunately. But Sony State of Play was not too was uh, not too long after the Nintendo Direct. We got a few bangers on there. Yeah, we did. The first game they showed off, we'd heard about it already. Or at least we knew that it existed at some point in time, right? And that game is Tekken 8. Iconic fighting game from Bandai Namco. They showed off, they didn't show off a whole bunch, but what Sony's really good at is identifying what you're seeing. They told us this is basically running on PS5 in game. Now what you're looking at is more than likely a kind of like a cinematic story mode type of fight that you're going to be doing in the game. And it looks amazing. You've got waves crashing against the rocks, lightning going off in the background. Looks like almost like a hurricane or tornado. It's wet on the ground and they are just pummeling the fuck out of each other and just breaking the earth around them. Yeah. It was amazing. And the water is the the rain is interacting with their fucking skin like and running down their bodies uh i know that these are just textures on top of textures that layer in and do all this other shit but like we've never had this uh at least in my experience with with gaming where they're adding so much realism into a fucking fighting game of all things right like this shit's badass as fuck man can't wait i can't wait it's been a while since i've gotten into the tekken series and this is gonna bring me all the way into it yep all the way into it god i almost don't want to leave leave this game but we're gonna have to oh. because we have to talk about a couple of psvr2 games sony did show off a couple of games that are in development i mean there's there's not a whole bunch to see 
the first thing that they showed off was Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy's Edge, a Hans edition. I didn't know there was a regular edition, to be honest. Supposed to be coming out in 2023. It looks like just kind of like an action-adventure game uh, in VR. So you might do a little bit of shooting, a little bit of exploration, a lot of like cinematic touches and whatnot. If you're into Star Wars, this is probably going to be right up your alley just to experience PSVR too, you know? And then uh, after that, we had Demio, which is another PSVR 2, VR 2 game. It's kind of like a tabletop RPG. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's all right. Don't worry about it. Uh, it's supposed to be some sort of like card dice rolling game. Like it, you have, um, I don't know. You have you have the characters on kind of like in a tabletop kind of fashion, and you're playing cards and you're rolling dice and shit. Mm-hmm. Really, it's probably going to be really cool for the nerds out there. I like it. I think it looks cool. I don't know that this will be something that I play, you know, like in relationship to what we already talked about with Dungeons and Dragons uh, 1 or whatever the fuck it's called. Right. But this I mean, is VR. You know, the- you're you're right and i think just being kind of like there mm-hmm. in vr like that would i think the experience itself would be cool playing it i'm not too sure yeah you know what i mean uh we don't know too much about it it's labeled as in development which whatever the hell that means could mean that it's coming out in 2023 or 2024 who knows or never or never could just be something that just never comes out uh next we had like a dragon ishin this is crazy as hell. I actually bought this on the PS4 because this is one of the this is one of the uh, Yakuza games that we really haven't gotten, and just the samurai setting sounds dope as hell. This is a remake of the Japan only PS3 PS4 title that never came stateside. Um, it's a samurai game set in the Yakuza like a dragon universe, um, and we actually got some more information because. Uh, Ryuga Gotu, <laughs> I cannot pronounce the studio name. Ryuga Gotoku, Gotoku. I'm a little drunk. <laughs> uh, they had a summit where they actually went through a few more, like a dragon games, and they talked about Ishin. So they're actually in Japan. They're actually labeled this, labeling this game as the Kiwami edition of Ishin. And what that means is, I don't actually know what Kiwami means to be honest. But their explanation of what this is, is that the original Japan game took characters from Yakuza 1 to 5 and placed them in this setting. But because they're labeling this as Kwame Edition, what they're going to do is they're going to go back to Yakuza 0, Yakuza 6, and Yakuza 7, and they're going to pull characters from those games and they're going to introduce them into this as kind of exclusive to this version of the game. It's going to be releasing February 21st, 2023. So, Like a Dragon fans, eating good. Also, during the summit, they announced Like a Dragon Gaiden, the man who erased his name. This is supposed to be a mini version or mini game uh, that's going to tell a story between Yakuza 6 and Yakuza Like a Dragon. So, it's going to be kind of like a smaller, smaller experience. And then they also showed a quick teaser of Like a Dragon 8. So, we know that Like a Dragon 8 is coming out. It's releasing in 2024, and it should be releasing for basically everything except the Switch. Um, that being said, it does look like the Yakuza name is going away. It's no longer going to be used in the West. We're going to go with the basically the literal translation of the Japanese name, which is Like a Dragon. So most games going forward after this 
they're going to be labeled as like a dragon so you probably will not see yakuza uh in the name for any of these titles going forward i think that's fair uh i know like <laughs> japan is very sensitive about the yakuza name and likeness of any type of yakuza mentality or uh anything like that just like in their stuff like they they gave pokemon extra fingers because they were you know having missing fingers or anything less than five was like a yakuza type of thing and they were just like you know they're they're sensitive about it so if they want to change the name of their franchise you know by all means do it yeah it's all good man yeah it's all the same to me yep still a good fucking series it's gonna be a great fucking game it really is Yep. So we're going to have tons of stuff to play 2023 and 2024 uh, for this series. Looking forward to it. Um, next, we have Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, Sony announced some exclusive content for their game for Hogwarts. Uh, we're going to be getting, well, if you purchase the PS version, uh, you're going to be getting an exclusive quest called, called the Haunted Hogsmeade Shop. It's going to include an extra dungeon, a cosmetic set, and in-game Hogsmeade shop releasing February 10th, 2023. It is what it is. Sony paid for exclusive content. If you feel like you're going to be missing out on the complete game because it's going exclusive to Sony by the Sony version, it's probably not going to be uh, enough content to really make you feel like you're losing out on anything. So it's whatever, man. It's fine. Yeah. But for anybody else who doesn't have the PlayStation 5, uh, I got some haunted hog made for you right now. <laughs> Full of ghosts. Serve it up. Yeah. And next we have Pacific Drive, which is an uh, interesting, interesting announcement from Sony. It's from a developer called Ironwood. Uh, they're calling it a run-based first-person driving survival game. Whatever that means. I hate, I hate what they call this. I don't even know if it's called a pun. I hate puns, but I don't know if this is a pun or not. They called it a road-like Kind of like roguelite, but they're calling it a road like. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is that a pun or is that just being a dick? They're just I well, I, I think I think they're trying to uh, I think they're trying to develop their own roguelike style of you know, game. get it? Because yeah, you're, you're, you're in a car road. and you're driving on a road. You know what I mean? Oh all right. So, anyways, um I guess based off that description, it's um I guess the, the point of the game is you're going to be driving your vehicle and you're going to be using it to gather materials, gather parts in order to fix up your vehicle to again, go out and do the same thing over again. I don't know if that means that this is going to be like procedurally generated or something like that or what either way it's releasing in 2023. We'll find out more then this uh, next up we have an Oh, what's I was up? just going to say that this could be cool. Cause it could be like the start of, you know, what, what rogue light, uh, racing games could be. Um, I know you're not racing, but you are trying to get to a an area. So compelling. Yeah, it it looks fun. Uh, the the imagery in the in the trailer uh, is very kind of like apocalyptical. It's very evocative. That kind of stuff. Like something's out to get you. Yeah, you know that kind of thing. I'm I'm kind of into it, but I have to see a little bit more. Same, because I don't I don't know if this is really if this is enough to drive you through, you know, like 20, 30 hours. Good pun. God damn it. Damn. I didn't do that on purpose. Son of a bitch. Next game I'm fucking pumped about, though. Stellar Blade. Fuck yeah, dude. Stellar Blade. So this is the the game that was formerly called Project Eve. 
is being renamed to Cellar Blade, coming up from a developer called Shift Up Corporation. This is a third-person hack-and-slash, releasing exclusively in 2023 for the PS5. And it's given me some kind of like near vibes a little bit. The story seems like it's going to be kind of fucked and very kind of philosophical, especially when you got Adam and Eve as the protagonists in the game. Yeah. You're going to be either playing with or you're going to be playing as. And I'm sure there's a whole bunch of other crap that's going to show up. I, mean, I can't wait for yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, they show you Adam, Eve. They show you Lilith, which is uh, the first woman uh, that God created before he split the the rib from Adam to create Eve. Uh, and then they also have what looks to be God in this game as well. Yeah. I think this game is going to be fucked. They haven't said anything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it kind of looks like it, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I know the uh, near uh, subreddit has been on fire with this game's announcement. So... The same vibes that we're getting, everybody else in the community is getting too. So I, I think be prepared for a stellar fucking game. You son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah, I had to get a yikes pun in there too. I'll, I'll drink to that, man. So <laughs> 2023, I'm going to be buying whatever the hell they yeah. release for this. Can't wait. Rise of the Ronin is our next game. From the Wolong developer, Team Ninja, right? Mm-hmm. Same people. They're actually making a third-person open-world samurai game exclusively for PS5. This is supposed to be set in Japan in the year 1863, so we're going to get some, like, colonial-type type combat shit. We have what looks like some sort of, like, either um, Confederate Union soldierish type people. We have English people sailing in from the West, whatever. To try to colonize something or other. It looks crazy. I cannot wait. I loved you still haven't played Ghost of Tsushima, have you? I haven't. I haven't. I am I am pretty much locked out of playing uh any type of game hardcore until December, unfortunately. It gives me the same vibes as Ghost of Tsushima, so if by the time this game gets released you haven't played it, I'm gonna probably play this one first. Because it looks like it's gonna be way more faster pace and way more action oriented to yeah. be honest look at that just blam 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 that fucking uh jump up in the air throw a fucking harpoon zip line to somebody cut their fucking head off turn around stab a motherfucker in the head with a a rifle bayonet and then uh blow their head off like the, the whole idea behind this game looks fucking brutal we got another brutal game coming right in after that too which is Another game that I haven't fucking played, but, you know. God of War Ragnarok. This is probably one of the last story trailers we're going to receive for this game until it gets released. The release date is November 9th of this year, 2022, for the PS5 and PS4. And I can't really say too much without spoiling the first God of War. But you get hints of what may happen during the course of the story. And... All it does is just hype you up for all of the events that are about to happen, man. I am excited for you to get through the, excuse me, for the through the first game so you can get your hands on this one. Dude, I'm excited. It, yeah. The, the story looks like it's going to go in all kinds of crazy directions. And it even looks like 
There may even they may even introduce a night and day cycle that you can control, because in the trailer you see Atreus shoot an arrow at, at I want to say the uh, it chases the moon off. Yeah, something like that. Like was it like his wolf homeboy just like rockets off into the air or something yeah. like that? It's crazy. Can't wait to play the game. I am so stoked for it. And uh, can't gotta admit. I love Fat Thor, man. I love Fat <laughs> Thor. <laughs> Fucking dad bod Thor, dude. All right. So that, that basically takes care of the uh, Sony State of Play. Um, last up is going to be the Tokyo Game Show. And we're going to speed through this because there is a whole bunch of stuff to talk about. Not enough time to really to really go through this. Um, first up is the Gamera Tokyo Game Show showcase and Gamera what I discovered is essentially a um, kind of like a an indie Chinese publisher hmm. so we're getting a lot of indie games from these Chinese developers which kind of fall in line to a lot of the indie games that we have kind of like here in the west kind of like an Annapurna type type style so we have a lot of interesting um, interesting style of games uh, the first one is Dyson Sphere Program uh, Intergalactic Space Factor uh, space factory sim so you basically build up to i don't know um factory stuff uh, from a developer called youth cat studio uh, currently right now it's uh, in early access for steam but it is going to be coming to steam game pass i i want to say it, it already is in steam game pass something like that so you won't have to pay for it when it finally comes out uh next we have the dark world karma uh this is interesting this is supposed to be a narrative driven psychological horror game by a developer called Polar Studios coming out uh, Q2 2023, coming out for the Steam, Switch, PS5, and Xbox. It it kind of looks intense. I'm all about the psychological horror stuff. Looks like it's going to kind of mess with your head. All for it. The next game we're going to be talking about is Ilia, something like that. It's a mirror-based puzzle game by Ice Toad Studio coming uh, in June 2023. I think it's going to be only on Steam. The, the gaming the mechanic with uh, using the uh, the mirror to kind of complete um, kind of like gaps in in uh, bridges and stuff like that um, it's hard to tell like I guess it's hard to tell like the the uh, wait what's the what's the, what are those little staircases that kind of look like they don't really all the MC you know Escher I mean? type of staircases yeah the shit, Escher yeah. the Escher stuff so you're kind of like screwing with perspective. Uh, with the mirror to mm -hmm. kind of complete these kind of gaps in uh, the geometry the, and whatnot to complete the puzzle. And they are small, like little worlds like you would get in uh commander toad treasure tracker or whatever. Same kind yeah. of game. So it looks like it's, it looks like it's going to be a fun game. Yeah. Uh, next game we have is a uh, long dream. This is a, uh, a very stylized pixel narrative game by a company, a developer called wild monkey, February, 2023. Looks like it's only going to be on, Steam. This is super Chinese centric, um, but the the pixel aesthetic is very well done. I should say, it looks kind of like um, a a very nicely done like early '90s pixel, or even like a late '80s like PC mm -hmm. um, adventure game. Not too sure much about the narrative with it, but it it I really like the style of it. I gotta say. Uh, next up, we have a game called The Rewinder. 
It's also a pixel narrative game. This one actually is, I want to say it, it's actually a more in-depth. So this is more of like uh, maybe a 16-bit, 16-bit-ish kind of uh, pixel-based uh, narrative game um, from a company called Misty Mountain Studio. Uh, 2023 for a Switch release, but if you're a Steam gamer, you can go ahead and purchase this now. Really well done pixel aesthetic. Really kind of moody. And again, uh, these are all Chinese indie studios, so you're coming at it from like a Chinese perspective. So there's a lot of imagery uh, and whatnot from that kind of, uh, that kind of uh, I guess, mindset. Looks really good. Yeah, this is sick looking as fuck. Yeah. Uh, next is uh, As the Light Goes Out. This is actually an interesting, um, interesting concept. The this is supposed to be kind of like a low poly, like they, it's a specifically low poly emergency services simulator. So apparently the developer is very interested in like kind of like the hero aspect of what it means to be like a police officer, uh, a firefighter, an EMS uh, worker. So essentially, this is uh, from a game uh, company called Moon Falcon Games uh, coming out in 2023. Uh, I think it's only going to be on Steam. But essentially, you're going to be putting out fires, uh, you know, saving people as an EMS, uh, fighting robbers and things like that. Uh, really well done uh, with the low poly aesthetic. It, it seems like it's uh, very, uh, very detailed. Uh, from what I remember in the in the developer discussion, they modeled a lot of Chinese uh, emergency vehicles to kind of give that really authentic look and feel to the game. Uh, really fun stuff. Um, next up is a game called mouse people. And I have, I'm having trouble describing what this is. This game of essentially stars you as like, a like the, kind of like the, uh, the mouse, uh, the mouse pointer, except it's a hand and the game revolves around you basically just clicking stuff, dragging stuff. Um, it's a really simple little game. Um, I can't even pronounce the name of the company. Lu Jun or something like that. Uh, it's available now on Steam, three bucks. Uh, I'm trying to think. It's it's probably like one of these um, one of these really uh, weird games that basically has maybe about an, an hour's worth of content, where there's like a a big gimmick where you just kind of cause destruction with the mouse and stuff like that, for for whatever reason. There was I'm trying to find. There was a game I think where you were basically like knocking like people over you're just clicking on them to like cause like destruction and just chaos and stuff like that it's kind of similar to to that yeah this game is a wop um, looking as fuck yeah it's weird that's what i love about indie games because you get all of this weird shit you know what i mean yeah kind of like blows your mind it's like what kind of crack was this dude smoking when he thought up of this concept you know what i mean yeah and for it. I do, I do like that they uh, make the the pointer hand, the character, emotive through the fingers that he holds up. Like when when you interact with him, at one point he's he's just shooting you the bird. Uh, <laughs> so like I don't know. Uh, I I think there's going to be some fun shit in this game. Uh, next up, we have depersonalization. This is supposed to be like a tactical RPG game uh, with dice for for whatever reason. Um, from a developer called Meow Nature. Uh, this is an early access. I I want to say early access starts December 2022. Um, this is going to be uh, for Steam only. 
It's uh, it's an interesting like the the aesthetic wise. Uh, I really like the way it looks. It's uh, kind of like a two D side scroller, kind of similar to like um, um, what was it uh, I'm blanking on it. There's tons of games. Either like way, this. like there's Kingdom yeah. and all this other stuff, like a bunch of old games that you would have played where you explore through buildings and shit. It looks Metroidvania-ish, too. Yeah, like, there you go. Like, it's kind of Metroid Metroidvania, where you're just kind of walking around through these uh, very detailed environments on a 2D kind of um, 2D plane, and mm-hmm. you're kind of um, interacting with a whole bunch of items, probably, to unlock uh, further areas to get into the uh, to the game. So it looks it looks pretty fun. Um, next up, we have a game called Amber City. This is um, a sprite-based 2D puzzle adventure game, something like that. Uh, Iris Loft, from a developer called Iris Loft, coming in 2023. Uh, it's going to be on. It's now on Steam with 14 uh, for 14 bucks, and it has a demo. Uh, actually, uh, that is Amber City. This, yeah, uh, can you I, go back. Yeah, so this is Amber City here. So I played the the wrong video, or I just didn't have the right asset in place. So it's whatever, man. Yeah. We're going through these so quick, anyways. Yeah. So this is the Metroidvania AES one. Yeah, that was Amber City. I don't remember what depersonalization was. Yeah, it doesn't either. matter. You can always check it out. You can type depersonalization on Steam and and find out all about it. Um, the Warriors of the Nile Two is the is the next one. That's supposed to be a tabletop RP, uh, roguelike stra- tabletop roguelite strategy game. People are really combining a whole bunch of genres <laughs> together. From a developer called Stove Studio, it's uh, fifteen dollars right now uh, with the demo. Switch version is coming soon. Very, very kind of like anime chibi aesthetic. If you're into kind of tactical games, um, this may be something for you. Some of the cutscenes look really good too. That are part of it. So if you're into that kind of stuff, Warriors of the Nile 2, go go grab that stuff. Uh, next up is Volcano Princess. This is an interesting, weird kind of mishmash of stuff. So this is a slice-of-life game with RPG and dating mechanics starring a woman and her daughter. And I think there's like some egg-hatching mechanics as well. Um, so apparently you're supposed to take care of your, your child over the course of this this life sim and you're also going to be i guess you know finding people to date with and you're also going to go through like battle elements where you're going to uh what do you call it raise up your your stats and whatnot so kind of crazy steam demo in october if that floats your boat next up is a crazy game called kitty may cry this looks like it's a 3d open world adventure game you know collectathon type stuff um Coming in Q2 of 2022 uh, for Steam and a demo in October of 2022. This game's Something beautiful. Like that. It does look good. It has a, it has a really nice, clean aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, just like any other game like uh, Banjo-Kazooie or whatnot, you know, you're just kind of traversing these landscapes to, you know, get to whatever the end point is. And at the same time, you know, solving some puzzles, uh, collecting some stuff. Looked cool. Mm-hmm. Backpack's kind of dope too. <laughs> um, dope. Next up is uh, Fueled Up, right? So this is kind of like an Overcooked style game. 
where you're the the goal is to have you know you and a couple of friends fix up a spaceship and it's from a developer called Fireline Games. Right now there is a demo on Steam if you want to try it out. Um, there's supposed to be a full release uh, on October 13th, online and local co-op uh, with four players. It's essentially just four-player chaos, where you guys are supposed to be working together to, to fix up the ship. And there's a whole bunch of tasks that everybody has to get, and everybody's just running around crazy trying to accomplish them um, before the timer runs out type of thing. It looks like there's some weird fall guys type of mechanics in this too, like where the ground disappears underneath your feet when you're running around and like uh, the same viewport that you would get with like overcooked or with um, among us is kind of like the, the view style of this game. It, it looks yeah. neat as fuck. Uh, if you're into that type of neat. stuff. Yeah. It looks like if, if, especially if you're, if you have uh, if you have a group of friends who are really into these, these style of games, go check out field up. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is probably something that I'll keep you busy for a while, especially if uh, it's more of like a teamwork instead of like working against each other. Of course, it's always fun just to kind of like screw over, you know, people. And it's it's always hilarious consequences, right? Uh, next up, we have a game called Yixian, something like that. The Cultivation Card Game. So this is a card game um, with a kind of like a plant cultivation kind of theme to it. It's It's kind of crazy. Uh, it's a deck building game, which essentially is kind of a 2D, it has, uh, so you have a 2D fighter, and so you build your card deck, and you basically play these cards, and your fighter performs, like, specific moves based on the card deck that you have, or, you know, like, it raises up stats, or, you know, whatnot. So, essentially, you are building up a, a deck in order to defeat the, the other person kind of an interesting concept when it comes to like a deck builder uh it's almost kind of like a a simplified version of uh, what's that what's that um what's that blizzard game uh that deck game fuck i think it's called fuck yeah oh hearthstone game. hearthstone so instead of instead of attacking uh you know breaking through their barriers and attacking the other player you're essentially using this 2d fighter as kind of like the the um the uh, the aim of what you're playing your cards against. You might be able to play the card against the other 2D fighter or something like that, but you're basically feeding your 2D character with all of these stat upgrades and all of these things in order to, I guess, be the better fighter. Seems neat. Uh, seems neat. Uh, next is... Uh, so this one's actually kind of cool, the next one. It's called Arto. Arto is an action role-playing game where you're supposed to paint the world. There's a mechanic where you run around with like this paintbrush and you're basically painting this like black and white, kind of like a uh, kind of like a coloring book type thing, right? It's from a developer called Orin Games. There is a Steam release, a full release on December 1st, and there is a demo available right now. Um, they did talk about a Switch version being released, but there's no uh, release date about that yet. But uh, very interesting um mechanics with the, the whole paintbrush thing and it looks like it'll be fun and they have a different kind of styles as well it looks like they have like some uh, maybe some different genres and uh, some vastly different art styles like some pixelation type things and some more traditional like 3d kind of flat shaded elements uh, really interesting very interesting yeah, it's like a diablo mixed with like splatoon is what it looks like to <laughs> me oh yeah good uh Good comparison. Yeah, I can see that for sure. 
next we have Garland My Story. Uh, Top-down action farm sim game, something like that. Uh, they're, they're, uh, they're really combining a whole bunch of genres. A uh, developer called FLT Studio. Steam release in 2023. Not really much more than that. It's, it's probably like a live sim RPG-ish game where you also farm stuff, man. Um, oof. Next one, Wuji Do Ren, something like that. This one's kind of interesting. It has a really, it has a really good art style. I really love the art style. This is a physics-based fighting game, right? Um, this looks like it. It was done by a incubator, uh, a company called Indie Light Incubator. This is releasing on Steam in Q4 of 2022. The, I'm trying to find a good description of what this is it kind of feels kind of like almost co-opish where it doesn't feel like you have necessarily 100% control of your limbs because it seems kind of floaty and you seem to kind of like flop about especially like whenever you try to punch and you know dodge and and whatnot but it seems like they they really got the kind of like the kung fu uh, moveset, and yeah. they kind of make it work with this floaty style. Yeah, this is the, like, it, it reminds me of uh, QWOP or whatever that is, that, that yeah. running game, where it's like physics and weird, and um, and it seems like you're using a mouse and like your keyboard and all this other weird shit to like, like a twin stick shooters style yeah. movement. But it's... It, it's a really neat looking game. It's a yeah, a fucking uh, Chinese watercolor, so black and white and yeah, red. Yeah, it's like it's something like that. Yeah. Um, it's really, it's really, it's really cool looking. No, agree, agree. Uh, next up, Super Alloy Ranger. This is kind of like a Mega Man esque side scrolling action platformer from a developer called Alloy Mushroom. Ten bucks on Steam right now, with the Steam version coming soon. If you're into Mega Man and just kind of like that style of game, it seems like it's a really nice, fast version of Mega Man with uh, a whole bunch of like extra mechanics. But it seems like it's going to be super fucking hard and a little bit bullet hellish, but uh, looks really well done. I gotta, I gotta admit, this yeah. is probably um, one of my favorites from Gamera. I think as so. As far as like a from the action perspective, I, I agree. I, I like the fact that it has multiple characters too. So you get like a long range character like Mega Man. And you get like a a melee combat style character like a Zero. Um, so if you're familiar with Mega Man X Four, um, but in the style of like the regular Mega Man games, so before Eight, um, I think you would you you probably recognize this game very, fairly quickly. Um, so next up we have crazy little game brave eduardo this um this again they, it also has like a really interesting art style to mm -hmm. it you know flat shaded um very very 2d flat it feels uh, like a really children's have, colored uh yeah. children's storybook type of vibe that is is beautiful basically it's uh a 2d open world set in the victorian era excuse me where you play as uh a teddy bear apparently and this teddy bear also has like a kind of like a, a scythe or a sickle kind of similar to death. And it looks like there's going to be 
I don't know if it's going to be uh, kind of like a Metroidvania-esque, but it does seem to have kind of like some 2D action elements similar to like a Castlevania style game, whether or not it's actually Metroidvania or not. But it's <laughs> it's very interesting. And it crucifixion scene, so, you know, yeah. just like all good children's stories. There's a lot of dark themes in this game. This game looks fucking bananas, dude. It does. And it's actually as simplistic as it looks. It seems that the developers spent a lot of time actually generating a lot of frames of animation mm-hmm. for the character. So there's a lot of bespoke things because in the trailer, um, it seems like that maybe there's wind and you see the character kind of pushing against the wind. So, you know, he kind of braces himself against yeah. it as he moves forward. It's really well done. There's really environmental well done. damage in that, too. So, yeah. like, pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Brave Eduardo. I, I would keep an Brave eye Eduardo. out. I, I keep an eye out for that one. That looks sick as fuck. It's uh, developed by three people, apparently. Somebody called John Wang, Drove Gupta, Matt Fang Chiang. Coming soon to Steam. So I don't think it's... I think there is a Steam listing uh, in the in the notes. Hmm. So you could probably go and wishlist it, but it's not out yet. But it's coming soon. It looks looks pretty dope. I, I'm actually, I actually want to play this when it comes out. Same. The next game we're going to talk about is called The Awakener Risen previously called a rise of awakener i i hate these names this is supposed to be a class-based action rpg uh from a company called tanner games it looks like this is going to be a ps5 and pc exclusive it's it's really hard to it's really hard to describe what kind of genre that this game is in it seems like you're to be you're going to play as multiple people or maybe you have different classes that are going to be playing together. Um, you know, set in like a Gothic setting, uh, you know, dragons and knights and shit like that. Um, they didn't really give away too much about what this game was going to be about. Unfortunately, cause it looks kind of, it looks kind of compelling. Yeah, it um, does. Especially like some of the, some of the magic uh, combat. It seems very involved and, you know, very, very, um, a lot of bravado when it comes to the, to the magic aspect of the combat. Um, but you know, the aesthetic wise, you know, the armor sets that people are wearing looks really good. Um, the combat itself, it's really hard to tell. Cause again, there's no gameplay, but what, well, what they, it, yeah, least. what they do show reminds me of that. Uh, what was that game that that dude made? The guy who uh, was a pitcher in, in in the MLB and he made that fucking oh, game. Oh yeah, uh, Amalur. Yeah, Kingdoms of Amalur. Kingdom of Amalur. It reminds me yeah. of that combat style where it's fast and like all over the place. There's like different uh, weapon combos and magic and all this other shit. And maybe it's maybe it's the same vibe. Yeah. So it's looking looking interesting. Um, we're not going to know more about it until 2023, but I'm going to keep an eye out. Because uh, it does look like I, I I miss these kind of these kind of games. It seems like we got a whole bunch of these in the early two thousands. Mm-hmm. They kind of we kind of got away from it in the kings of kingdoms of Amalur. Looked like it was kind of like a, a throwback to that kind of style. Yep. Regardless of what you think about what the CEO Kurt Schilling and <laughs> what they what the guy did, the developers who you know poured their blood, sweat, and tears into that game. They put out a decent product. Yeah, that's a good you know fucking I mean? game. It's a good fucking game. You need to go check it out. The next game, this one is 
this one's a little this one's a little crazy so it's called room 301 number six and this is a narrative game portraying the lived experience of those with alzheimer's by a company called interframe studio this is um a steam release coming on september 21st which is tomorrow uh, with the demo that's currently available so the developer behind this game is essentially trying to i guess um help people understand what it's like to either live with somebody who has alzheimer's or know somebody who has alzheimer's and kind of like what it feels like and how it kind of affects the way that you look at things and how you perceive what reality is. You know what I mean? Yeah. This I'm not too sure how narrative based it's going to be, but it's probably going to, it's probably going to be, it's probably going to suck to play. Uh, yeah. I imagine this is going to feel, this is going to be very touchy and weird. Um, Alzheimer's is like one of my biggest fucking fears. Uh, my grandmother had it. Uh, it was terrifying to watch her go through that shit. Um, and there's a weird, uh, album. We've talked about it before called the caretaker everywhere at the end of time, which explores stages Mm -hmm. one through six of Alzheimer's. Uh, it was released in 2016. Uh, it is long as fuck, um, hours long. Um, and it, it explores what, uh, Alzheimer's is to, uh, losing memory based on a sound, and uh, I think what this game is going to do is probably open people's eyes to what it is to lose themselves and the ones that are around them. Um, it's not what the number six implies in mm-hmm. the title. What is number six? That's the full name of the game. Room 301 number six. And in fact, I, I actually, I only put the gameplay trailer up mm-hmm. for people who are watching on YouTube. The one that they showed at TGS was actually a live action one. And there was a live action because it's it's a live action, just uh, kind of like a story kind of uh, trailer for it mm-hmm. where you essentially like you see like this happy family and they're and they're sitting down and they're going to take a picture with their grandma. And then all of a sudden, like these people start to disappear and things just start to get weird. And she's like picking up a phone and she has no idea who this stranger is on the other side. And she's starting to struggle with all of this. It was it was super fucked, dude. Uh, I figured this was a, a little bit lighter. You know yeah, I mean? this is very lighthearted. Uh, it's it's a lot of puzzle solving, but uh, shit. Yeah. Um. So I put it in my notes, but I didn't finish it. But um, I I kind of wonder if this is related to the Annapurna showcase that we talked about a while back, because mm-hmm. there was a game called Hindsight, and the only thing that we knew about Hindsight and what they told us about it is that there's this woman who is reliving memories from objects that she finds and without getting too further into the game because i've never played it it kind of sounds like well maybe maybe this is a an alzheimer's experience with this woman where she has no idea who she really is and she's kind of reliving her past because she finds items on the ground that kind of trigger these memories you know what i mean fucking frightening frightening dude yeah but let's talk about some free shit yeah Microsoft, uh, they had a TGS thing, right? And uh, they talked about all the stuff coming to Game Pass. They, when we first reported this, I think uh, last week, mm-hmm. 
the week before, something like that, um, with the Game Pass announcement for September, they told us that we needed to come back on the 15th, which implied that they were adding some games to Game Pass around the Tokyo Game Show. And in fact, they did. So they dropped 14 new titles on September 15th, which is Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Fuga, Melodies of Steel. They finally are getting Nino Kuni Wrath of the White Witch remastered. This is the first time it's on Xbox, going on Game Pass. Dengarampa V3 Anniversary Edition. And they also let people know that if you're into Nino Kuni, The Revenant Kingdom is coming in 2023. Shit. So you can get your Nino Kuni on, dude. September 20th, which is today, they are dropping Deathloop. Uh, and it's also going to be available for purchase on Xbox Series consoles. This is the last... I think it was a Bethesda game. Mm-hmm. This is the last Bethesda game that was um, an exclusive to PS5 before Microsoft bought them up. And this is the exclusive exclusivity period that's finally expired for Deathloop. So now you're going to be able to play it on both consoles. And if you're on Xbox Game Pass, you, pay it, you play it for free. In fact, I think they said that they are adding an extended ending to this version of the game. So Xbox folks, you're getting something extra on top of it. On September 29th, Microsoft is going to be adding Val- Valheim, the survival sandbox game. It's going to be able it's going to be available for purchase on the Microsoft Store and you're going to get on Game Pass PC. Uh, Valheim I think blew up was it like last year or the year before? Um pretty dope game. Uh, I remember my coworker talking about it. It's really fun if you have a couple of people to go in and just kind of um persistently go in through this survival sandbox game. Um, And Microsoft also talked about what's coming in 2023. So in spring of 2023, Game Pass users are going to get Blaze Blue, Cross Tag Battle, and Guilty Gear Strive. This is going to be the first time Guilty Gear has been on an Xbox platform since the Xbox 360. Gamers rejoice on Xbox platforms. Also in 2023, you guys are getting Uden Chronicle 100 Heroes the spiritual successor of the Suikoden games coming to Game Pass in 2023. But we'll talk about Suikoden bitches. Do you want a spiritual successor? Do you want the real shit? (laughs) Persona 5 Royal is releasing on Microsoft platforms on October 21st. You're going to get it on Game Pass. And Dyson Sphere program, which we talked about earlier in the Gamera showcase, will be on Game Pass, PC Game Pass, on October 13th. Next, we're going to talk about Capcom. Real quick, Monster Hunter Rise. This is the free update to the title update two that's coming coming to you for free. New monsters, Violet, um, Mitsu, Mitsutsune, Mitsune. I don't know. Uh, Ryzen Camelos. You're gonna get layered weapons in the free update. This looks like kind of like a transmog type of thing. Um, for P for paid DLC users, just not the free P, free uh free update users eaten. You're gonna get the pay for people who paid for the paid DLC. You're getting more layered weapons than them. Uh, you're also getting um what they're calling the Lost Code layered weapons for all of the fourteen uh, weapon types, armor sets, hairstyles, face decorations, kind of all kinds of stuff like that. So if you paid, you're getting a little bit of extra stuff. People are pissed uh, about this, are, by the way. What's that? People are pissed about this online, by the way. Well, 
Why didn't you pay extra money, bitch? Yeah. Anyways, so weekly event quests with unique rewards are also coming to this free title update. Um, new monsters are being added to the anomaly. Research quest. The level cap for that has been increased to 120. Drop in September 29th. Why are they pissed? Is it just... Because the, the other layered stuff looks way better. The paid stuff looks, just looks badass. Well, you know... Uh... To get better weapons, I don't fucking know what to tell you. Hey man, get something for your money. If you're gonna if you're gonna invest in there, you want money. You want a return on your investment, right? Yeah. What can I say? Next up, we have Resident Evil Village Gold. This trailer basically shows off the the third person perspective, just to just to show you that this isn't just like a quick you know slap together mod that Capcom did. They had to in, they had to create animations for what the character does because you're in a first person perspective in the original game. So they're basically showing off all the cool animations that they had to introduce in order to make this third-person perspective legitimate. You know what I mean? They also talked a little bit more about the Shadow of Rose third-person gameplay. They talked about how Rose is going to be kind of straddling the the line between life and death, that kind of thing. And some of the <laughs> the one, I guess the they say instant kill mechanics. Some of the uh, some of the animations on that look really fucking good. Um. They talked about the mercenaries' additional orders, the I guess the um, the fast-paced kind of um, multiplayer aspect of it, or something, or like the wave-based um, aspect of uh, mercenaries. New stages, playable characters, Lady Demetresu or whatever her name is, Lloyd Heisenberg. Uh, they're gonna have unique abilities and things like that. So hmm. if you're more in for fast-paced or faster-paced action, wave kind of like combat. Uh, and this is what I'm talking about, YouTube users. Just, it's just creepy as fuck. Yeah, dude, that soul-sucking son of a bitch, dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was just a metaphor a for bit. having a job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I gotta go to work tomorrow. Same. Um, they ended this uh, Resident Evil uh, Village Gold Showcase uh, showing off the Mac version, which I was interested in. Um, for users who have the M1 Max, the M2 Max... Capcom uh, ported their uh, RE engine to to the to those chipsets. Damn! And you're going to be able to play. Uh, I want to say, I think 2023, or maybe later this year, you're going to be able to play on your Mac. Either way, the Gold Edition comes out October 28th, 2022. So if you're into more Resident Evil Village stuff, you'll be able to purchase it there. For people who haven't played Resident Evil. You can buy the gold edition, which comes with the base game, plus all of this new stuff, too. I think it's only going to be like 60 bucks. So there you go. That's what you get for waiting. You get all this new crap. Um, next up, they showed a little bit of Resident Evil 4. Not too much. Not too much. All they told us is that um, they showed off a little bit of it, maybe a couple of seconds worth. But what they're saying is that they're going to have a dedicated Resident Evil showcase next month in October. 2022 so we'll see more about resident evil 4 there but it's looking good you know they just like to like to tickle the balls whenever they when it comes to resident evil 4 uh they did say it was coming out for ps or maybe it's not coming out for ps4 maybe it's just ps5 so it's gonna be like a a next gen type of thing damn we'll see we'll see uh next up was exoprimal not really much to talk about exoprimal they just basically dropped a story trailer um, so not much gameplay. If you didn't like the gameplay that they showed off the story trailer, you're probably not going to give a fuck about it. You know what I mean? So it is what it is. It, it kind of seems like it's going to be unique 
uh, gameplay-wise, as far as what they're trying to do, I could give a shit about the story. But if you are, go look at the story trailer online. The story almost um, sold me on this one, by the way. It's like an AI yeah, goes rogue, essentially, and was like, your armor has to be the best, and humanity has to survive. So to do that, I have to drop dinosaurs everywhere for some fucking reason. <laughs> Is that the reason why dinosaurs are being dropped out of nowhere? Yeah, because he's, the the AI is like, this armor is not good. I need to keep testing it. That's weird as shit. Yeah. That sounds like something only a Japanese company could come up with. Yeah. Jesus. Well, I'll play it with you if you want to play it. All right. Sounds, sounds, sounds kind of, sounds kind of cool the way you describe it. Uh, next up, Mega Man Battle ne- Network Legacy Collection. They gave us a little bit more information about what's actually included in the package. Um, they're, I don't really like this, but what they're calling a high image quality filter, it basically just smooths out all the pixels. I hate you know that shit. I mean? It doesn't look doesn't look very good at all. Mm-hmm. But they do have a gallery mode with a thousand illustrations. That's kind of kind of cool. Looks very high quality. There's a music player with 188 songs from the from the series. They talked about a 3D Mega Man guide that's going to be available on the title screen. And apparently he's actually going to react to your gameplay and will speak to you and talk about you whenever you're at the title selection screen. That seems kind of cool. That is weird. So I think what it's supposed to do is uh, I've never played the games, but it's supposed to be recreating the uh, the pet screen, the PET screen. So mm-hmm. whatever that is, as far as like in the Mega Man uh, Battle Network uh, universe. It's supposed to be kind of mimicking that. Uh, the cool thing that they talked about, though, is that they're going to have online functions and online battles for all of the games, as well as chip trading for every game in the series. So they're working on that now with a scheduled 2023 release date. Don't have wait, much long to wait. Um, next up, we have Street Fighter VI. Um, basically, this was a introduction to Ken, Blocka, Dalsum, and E-Honda is being added to the roster. Uh, brings the current confirmed roster to about 11. They talked a little bit about the world tour mode. Um, a little bit how you can customize your avatar, things like that. Um, also showed off that you can learn some of like the classic Street Fighter moves as well to kind of traverse through the area. You can use it to like get into areas where you weren't able to get to prior. Use it to battle with other... Uh, I guess NPCs on the street. They talked about the battle hub mode, which is kind of like where your avatar can go to do like one-on-one matches with other players. And it also looks like they're going to have some sort of ladder system uh, along with that. And if you look at the trailer for this in the battle hub area, it looks like you can actually sit down and play Capcom arcade games too. Yeah. Because in the trailer, they showed them sitting down and there's like, the final fight character select screen with Guy, Cody, and Hagger. So that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. So that seems fun. Um, they also talked about this extreme battle mode, which I'm not too sure about this. Essentially, like it's a one-on-one fight where they add hazards, like a bull run or like lightning rods. So in the middle of you fighting, these kind of hazards just kind of go off, and if you get hit by it, you get hit by it, that kind of thing. Not too sure if I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that, but whatever. It just reminds um, me of like next, Smash Brothers stages, really. Kind of, basically, yeah. 
All oh. right. Um, Speaking of that, before we move on, they added like a Smash Brothers type of mode to this game too with the combat. So you really? have, yeah, you have traditional combat. So you're, you know, down to forward, you know, punch to shoot a Hadouken. But they also added a mode where you can just hold forward and hit hard punch. And that is like a Hadouken and up and hard punch or something like that is a Shoryuken. That type of shit. So people who are like Smash Bros players or who play like, you know, all these other games that are very similar to that can come into Street Fighter and still play. They did, however, make uh, make it aware that they're putting cooldowns similar to like, you know, how you would have with like your regular moves so that you can't just yeah. like forward punch, forward punch, forward punch, forward punch and throw like 30 fucking Hadoukens to someone who could, you know, probably only throw like five a minute or some shit. Getcha. Yeah. Getcha. No, that makes sense. I will say before we move on, Dalsum, I like he's look he's looking real good. Yeah. He's looking real good. I like the way that they they managed his stretch mechanic and just the way he floats around as yoga flame and stuff. Yeah. It looks dope as hell, man. It's it's all of it yeah. super fucking cool, man. Yeah. I and I have a feeling he's gonna be like one of the more technical fighters because of how slow he is mm-hmm. and because of the his ability to reach across. I'm looking forward to that. Um so next, we're going to move on to 505 Games, uh, a Japanese publisher who did some stuff in the Japanese game show. The first game was just, looks kind of dope. Uh, it's called Serial Cleaners from a developer called Draw Distance. It is a top-down stealth action game where you are a murder scene cleaner for the mob. So you are cleaning up after a mob performs a hit to make sure that the police can't find any evidence. Releases September, 2020, September 22nd, 2022, a couple of days from now. Basically, all platforms. Uh, next, we have Gunfire Reborn. Before we move on, did you know they also had a... There was a movie very similar to this that Samuel L. Jackson is in, where he's a, he cleans up uh, murders. Um, Which one was that? Oh, God, I don't know. It was released uh, in the early 2000s. Uh, but he ends up getting sucked into a mob, and they're just like, hey, we're going to kill people, and you have to clean it up before the cops get there type of thing. And it becomes like this crazy fucking thing. It, it's 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 a movie of this game before this game came out. So, God damn it! Now I gotta find it because that sounds awesome. Yeah, because I really like the idea of this game. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. All right, uh, Gunfire Reborn from Dewey Games or something like that. It's a level based adventure game uh, featuring FPS, roguelite, and RPG mechanics. Again, the just mishmashing of all of these different. Uh, genres of games it's actually out now on steam if you if you're interested in it it's releasing on xbox series xbox one and game pass on october 27th however um it's it seems like a very simplistic uh chunky kind of first person perspective shooting game uh attacking waves i guess you're just stuck in just kind of like this this battlefield and you just kind of traverse killing waves of enemies stuff like that seems to have like a more of like a furry aesthetic seems like a lot of anthropomorphic uh animal creatures things like that it's i don't know not really for me yeah me either um next up we have re legend from a developer called magnus game studio it's a co-op build craft farm fish and monster breeding sim mouthful out now on steam for 25 bucks i guess if you have a whole bunch of friends who want to hang out with like chibi chicks and stuff like that and like farm crap there you go this is the game for you guys after that we have a game called rogue spirit it is from a developer called k 
Kids with Sticks. This is a 3D roguelite action game with stealth mechanics. Early access right now on Steam. On March 7th of 2023, however, they're going to release the 1.0 version for PC, PS5, and Xbox Series consoles. Uh, this one actually looks kind of cool. I like the art direction for this. Yeah. Um, Gameplay-wise, not too sure. This seems like almost kind of like a kind of like a Disney like Disney character, like a like a Mulan type type of shit or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not know. too sure about the combat. It seems a little slow. It, it's way slow. Way too slow yeah. for me. Uh, next up, uh, Eden Gate: Edge of Life. Uh, so this was a a public a hook. Uh, the name of the publisher is called Hook. I'm not too sure if they developed it or not. This is a 3D adventure mystery game. Um, it doesn't look like there's any actual like combat or anything like that. It seems like you're just a person who has to like gather clues, find the right thing to pick up, find the right place to go in order to progress the story. Uh, the only thing of note here is that this features music by the composer who did Manifold Garden. Um, the Manifold Garden was a physics-based puzzle game based on like some Escher-esque architecture that mm-hmm. you know you played as a cube. Uh, and also about a game that we talked about a couple of weeks ago or maybe a week ago called Dwarf Romantic, which was that hex-based, what they called a peaceful building strategy game that had like the chill, um, you know, piano, twinkling pianos, just kind of like, you know, in the background. So from the same guy. This person has been around and I don't know if it's a guy. Same person. And um, it's probably going to have at least cool music. And if you're into games where you're not exactly into combat and you're just trying to progress the story, this might be uh, good for you. Seems kind of interesting. Uh, out October 25th, 2022 on Steam, PS4, and Xbox One. Uh, next is a game called Unholy by uh, developer Duality Games. It is a first-person horror action stealth game. The game involves you trying to find your missing child and exploring between the worlds of reality and the dark, unholy world. So, probably a lot of fucked up imagery. Potentially some religious aspects to it. Seems like a lot of um, just horrific looking things and just you're in the depths of hell. Yeah, this game looks fucked. It looks fucked. I'm into it. Yeah. I'm looking for Unholy. It's uh, for PS5, Xbox Series, and Switch, which is probably going to perform like crap in 2023. (laughs) Next up, we have a game called Stray Blade uh, from a developer called Point Blank Games. It's an action RPG coming out for the PS5, Xbox Series, Steam, and Epic Game Store, releasing in 2023. This actually has a very nice uh, art style to go along with it. Very flat shaded. Um, looks like it's kind of a kind of like a gothic kind of uh, RPG, similar to the a little a little bit kind of like the other game that we looked at. The combat seems a little bit a little slow. Yeah, this not too sure about that. This is weird. Like this game, so you have like these gothic looking, you know, knights and shit like that, and European fucking armor sets and samurai looking stuff influence and then even shit that looks like it just they pulled it out of world of warcraft but the world looks like genshin impact like it's it looks weird like it looks a little out of place to me but the game it looks like it's fun to play i mean the combat looks sick as fuck 
All right, on next we have a game called Unheard. This is a this is an interesting one it's from the developer Next Studios. They're calling this an acoustic detective game. Tagline is, "What if you could hear every word spoken at the scene of a crime?" So this looks like just kind of like the um, that other uh, Danganronpa um, uh, influence game uh, where you're a detective. So basically, um, you're going to be trying to solve crimes just based on the fact that you can hear everything going on, but you can't see anything. And you're trying to piece together who did it. Hmm. Coming out for PS4, Xbox One, and Switch in 2023. Uh, next up is probably the the only game in this um, this showcase that I'm really interested in playing. It's called Navalis from developer Ion Lands. It is a cyberpunk business simulation. This is from the same developer who did Cloudpunk. And it does appear like this is going to be in the same universe as that game. Coming on the Steam and Epic Game Store. Coming soon. They haven't given us a date on it. I actually uh, got the physical version of Cloudpunk because it was like super cheap on some of those like, you know, uh, limited run style uh, game stores. Okay. Haven't played it. But just the fact that it's cyberpunk and it kind of kind of looks pretty cool. I uh, need to check it out. Uh, and then last game in 505 uh, showcases Miasma Chronicles uh, from a developer called The Bearded Ladies. It's from the creators of the game Mutant Zero uh, Mutant Year Zero Road to Eden. It's an action strategy game coming out from the PS5, Xbox Series, Steam, and Epic Game Store coming sometime in 2023. Um, I don't know. It's it seems kind of like a almost kind of like a a first personist first person person ish kind of like XCOM style game. Not really, not really my my jam. Maybe even uh, a little similar to uh, Jagged Alliance a little bit. Hmm. So you're just gonna have these characters, and you know you're gonna move them around, use your action points to shoot people and shit if, if that's your if that's your jam check out me asthma chronicles and we're coming to the last home stretch um sega atlas is the next uh showcase that was part of the tgs show this is just about persona 5 royale uh releasing on the current gen consoles uh, releasing october 21st 2022 for ps5 xbox series games xbox one steam microsoft store whole bunch of shit basically this trailer was essentially to let you know launch edition for the consoles only though the launch edition is 60 bucks you get the base game plus the royale 40 items of dlc and the steelbook along with it the atlas web store has a physical edition called the one more edition which is exclusive to their store you get the base game the royale dlc stuff the steelbook a treasure chest inspired package if you're into collector boxes and stuff like that le grimoire art frame phantom thieves art prints Akichi's briefcase bag and Arcana tarot card deck. So if you're into Persona 5 Royale and you love all of the the crap that goes along with it, the one more edition is 120 bucks on the Atlas Web Store. Next up in the Sega showcase, we had the announcement that Judgment and Lost Judgment are now coming to Steam. Last year there was this weird thing where the um, I think it's like the talent agency. That represents because the Yakuza, the Yakuza games, the Like a Dragon games, and the spinoffs like Judgment and Lost Judgment essentially are vehicles for all of these actors in Japan because they use their likeness, their physical likeness, and they use their voices in the games. Oh. Like, legit. So, 
in fact, like I think it was Judgment or Lost Judgment. There was a big there was a big to do because the Jap one of the Japanese actors I think got caught with like cocaine or something like that. They pulled the game from the store shelves. They removed him from the game and replaced him with a different actor. They actually got a different actor to do all of his voice lines and they replaced the likeness of him. That's how that's how in deep these actors and voice actors are for these series. So the talent agency was like, we can't release this on Steam. Somebody's going to mod in and put in like Kermit the Frog. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I mean, they're still going to do it. Yeah, they are. So that's what they say. That's why they said it wasn't coming to Steam. They figured it out. Judgment and Lost Judgment are now coming to Steam and should be should be there soon. I think they're there now, actually. So you can probably purchase Judgment and Lost Judgment on Steam if you wanted to play it there instead of on uh, PC. Have you seen... I mean, instead of on console. What's up? Have you seen the Kermit the Frog mod for Spider-Man? I've seen the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle mod for Spider-Man, oh. and that looks <laughs> fucking amazing. I've seen Spider-Man... I've seen uh, Kermit the Frog as a snake, and that's fun as fuck. Damn. <laughs> all right well, i love modders I love dude i love modders, them man. they're so good the uh the spider-man one he sings like uh like the rainbow song that you always hear kermit singing while he's like <laughs> swinging around the city it's pretty good if you haven't have you seen the teenage mutant ninja turtle one mm -mm, i'll have to check it out it looks really fucking good oh I'll, I'll send it to you after this okay. after we're done here um almost done next is konami they, Konami had this whole big thing like they were going to show us something special and everything everything we saw that leaked out the um, the renewal of the of the trademark for Suikoden the fact that the actor that they put up or the voice actor that was going to introduce this um, new thing was a voice actor for the Suikoden series obviously Konami is releasing Suikoden 1 and 2 HD remaster for PS4, Xbox One, Switch and Steam 2023 haven't given us a definitive date the i think the i think this is going to be based off of the psp versions these never the psp versions never came to the states mm. so we got them on the ps1 uh and then in japan they actually got kind of like a remake or at least a port to the psp and i think that's what this version is going to be based off of but the more i look at it and i know i complained this complained about this to you i think uh you did on friday at the party but the more I look at the backgrounds, they did a really good job. Yeah, they the did. They look beautiful, dude. They look fucking beautiful. And I know you talked a and little bit about like the the way that the the characters are very pixelated. I I love the juxtaposition between the kind of high fidelity art with the. It, it, I I I still feel like the pixel art that they use for the characters is still high fidelity in terms of pixel art, and trying to keep it true to what it is instead of like smoothing the characters out and making them weird. Like, you know, kind of like uh Capcom is doing with the Mega Man shit. I, I like the way this looks. Actually, I'm actually going to agree with you 100% mainly because I've seen what Square Enix has done yeah. to their characters when they try to translate it over. And the fact that I've actually sat through hours of YouTube video where people compare like all the various versions of like Final Fantasy 4 or Final oh Fantasy 2. It's so you know, bad. You know? And so it basically boils down to like the PSP Vita, the Wonder Swan are like the best versions of the game. And then once you get past that, they fuck with the character, like the pixel, like the, the characters mm -hmm. 
um, in game way too much where they look like cheap, you know, like something that you would find like uh, somebody who wants to rip off Final Fantasy and toss it on like the mobile store. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Yep. And the fact that they decided just to keep the pixel characters and then just change the backgrounds. I'm in 100% on that. Exactly. Same. So good. Man, can't wait for it. 2023 can't come soon enough. That was the only thing from Konami I really cared about. Uh, next, we have D3 Publisher, and they shot off a game called Samurai Maiden from a developer called Shade Inc. It is an action-adventure RPG coming out for PS5, 4, Switch, and PC, uh, coming out on December 1st in Japan and December 8th worldwide. The English version, I think, is only going to be digital, but PlayAsia does have uh, a physical Asian release for the PS5 and PS4 and Switch. I don't know if it's open for pre-order, but this this is actually kind of interesting. The only thing I will say, though, is it's for very specific people because there is a there is a mechanic where you basically power yourself up by kissing, uh, like having two of the characters kiss. And basically it's just like a, it's a harem. You know, you're running around with like a, a group of women and to power up, you just basically kiss each other. All right. And apparently that unlocks something. Probably unlocks something out of me too. Yeah. But, <laughs> but outside of that, I kind of, I kind of really like the, the action gameplay that they mm-hmm. showed off. Because it seems like it's a really fast kind of like hack and slash where you're just kind of jumping around, slashing stuff, throwing special moves down and whatnot. It looks kind of fun. I'm a little disappointed the fact that they they had to go so hard into the fact that, no, 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 trust me, guys, they have to kiss. That's the only way that they can get, they can power up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Did you see the uh, Play Asian uh, special edition comes with a bottle of lotion? <laughs> Are you serious? No. I did. <laughs> <laughs> The worst part is, is like, I could have believed it. I could have believed it 100%. Oh, shit. Uh, I'd buy it if it did. You got me good, fucker. <laughs> I was clicking order so hard. You're like, where's it at? Where's it at? Collector's edition. Bottle of lotion. <laughs> oh, damn. It's a, it's same, and, and the bottle is shaped like a samurai sword, too. So it's even fucking cooler. You have to unsheath it. <laughs> <laughs> my god alright let's get into the last one Wanted Dead from 110 Industries uh, this is from Solil I don't know how to pronounce the fucking the fucking name of the company but this is the same uh, same people who are doing uh, Valkyrie Elysium Ooh. Uh, from Square Enix it's kind of like a an 80's cyberpunk kind of hack and slash slacking hack and slash and gun type of game mm-hmm and I think it's going to have kind of similar um, similar mechanics as Valkyrie Elysium. So you're going to be jumping around, slashing people. And this one apparently has like a dismemberment mechanic. So you're going to be slicing motherfuckers in half. Hell yeah. Looks hardcore. Coming out on basically everything except for the Switch, February 14th. This Valentine's looks fast Day. as fuck. Like, this game looks super fucking good. It does look really good. I'm looking forward to it. Um, the hack and slash, I don't think it looks too fast, but it looks brutal. Yeah. And very stylized. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This is like so Kill Bill mixed with like fucking yeah. cyberpunk. Like 
that whole scene where she's outside with the uh, the goddamn what's that Japanese actress's name? Lucy Liu, and Lucy, Lucy Liu, is that go. it? Yeah, when she's out there yeah. like in the snow and they're fucking fighting. That's what this style reminds me of. I know it's probably just me being sexist and there's women with swords. Um, <laughs> so I'm drawing straws here, but it, I don't know. Like this whole game looks fucking good. I'm in. Me too. Like I said, February is going to be a stacked month for people. Yeah. And you said this Valentine's Day release, right? It is a Valentine's Day release. And that basically covers everything. We went through so much shit. Yeah. And we dropped a whole bunch of stuff as well. There's just not enough time to go through everything that happened in this past week. It has been insane. We've been insane. This week has been nutty from top to bottom. No. Agreed. Agreed. And uh, this definitely went, this went on way longer than I wanted it to, but man, there was just so much stuff. You know, out of the 13 episodes that we've put together, we're at 110 pages in our Google Doc uh, transcript for these episodes. That's fucking nuts. It is nuts. You've almost written like a legit book. (laughs) (laughs) It's an outline for a very shitty history of gaming for for the past couple of months for sure for sure oh man well thank you guys if you stuck through all of this and thank you bradley for switching through all of the stuff as i as i rifled through all of this stuff it was it was a whole bunch of stuff and i'm kind of glad we got through it i'm hoping i'm hoping that going forward we're gonna it's gonna be nice and nice and manageable for the next uh for the next i don't know year or so we'll see man christmas is coming up dude the fucking holiday release schedule is about to get nuts obviously february yeah. is a hot month for some fucking reason um <laughs> and so i i just imagine you know we're gonna have as soon as january hits they're gonna be like here's the lineup of the next 500 fucking games for summer release so we'll get there yeah but anyways um yeah, if uh, if you guys enjoyed what you heard, liked what you saw, uh, give us a five star rating on all of your podcasting platforms, or give us a like or dislike on YouTube and drop us a comment, letting us know what we missed that you wanted to hear from any of these showcases. Because I only chose what I wanted to hear or what Bradley wanted to hear. If we missed something, let us know, and we'll cover it next time. Cool. Thanks for watching. Until then. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you later, guys. See ya.